three, two, one. Jesse May. Rogan. Good to see you. Joseph. Do people call you Joseph? Uh, my mom does. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. What's She's your middle basically name? It. James. Joseph James. Sounds yes. like an author. Hmm. Maybe I should write books. I can't believe you haven't written a book. Uh, I tried. Started well, doing one uh, a long time ago. I had a deal for a book like 12 years ago. And the dealing with the editors was so gross. They wanted, they basically wanted me to just transcribe stand up, and I, I wanted to write a bunch of weird shit. Didn't Judy Carter already do that? You remember the Judy? Ah! <laughs> do you remember that book? Yeah, the books on is that the worst genre ever? <laughs> books on how to do stand up. They might be yeah. the most piss poor books ever. Belzer had a pretty good one. Be Belzer had a decent one. I think it was. Uh, what is but he had a couple of them. He had one on stand-up, and he had one on UFOs, Bigfoot, and JFK. Belzer is a crazy. Those all go together. Do you know him, Richard Belzer? I don't Belzer? know him personally, but, I mean, he's a legend for sure. He's he's, he's a crazy conspiracy theorist. That like, makes sense. off the deep end. Yeah. Yeah. Is he, like, uh, rate him with Sam Tripoli? Is it just as crazy? No, maybe more. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's. Uh, I don't know if they believe in the same things. Because it's funny, like, there's, like, classifications of conspiracy theorists. Like, some conspiracy theorists are bald balls deep in like JFK but you try to bring up 5G and they're like get the fuck out of here with so your 5G so was Marilyn Monroe yeah Marilyn balls Monroe? deep in JFK oh yeah it's a little sort of. sex joke he I mean well I guess he was balls yeah, deep in her allegedly but I mean who knows who knows what yeah. they were into behind closed doors she could have strapped one that's a good good conspiracy theory too do you think they killed her oh yeah 100% right absolutely Snitches, yeah. bitches get snitches. Yeah, is that what it is? Happens. There's stitches <laughs> that happen with bitches. Snitches get stitches. S bitches who are snitches get stitches. Yeah, or no stitches because you're just dead. Yeah, you're dead. You get the ultimate stitch of life, which is just done. What, yeah, what, if for you, sure they killed her. If, so if you were going to write a book today, what would it be about? Oh, I don't know if I would do it today. I don't know. I, I, maybe, the, maybe this is what I should be doing right now during this COVID time, but I'm using it as an excuse to... Uh, I don't know. Just not. I'm not. I'm not working on stand up at all. This wow. is the first time in forever. No writing. I haven't written anything. Do you feel like it's relaxing, or do you feel any anxiety about having that detached from your day to day routine? That's not the anxiety. The anxiety is the world. The anxiety is what what's happening right General now. General existentialism. Well, the, just the fact that the economy has come to a complete screeching halt, and all these people are losing their jobs, and all these people are losing their businesses. And we're not exactly sure what to do because there's the hardcore people that are like, fuck it, open it up, keep the women and the old people safe. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. You know what I mean? There's we're fucking fine. First of all, stop making us so weak, okay? Why are we grouped into old, I haggard said women? People? It's, most what people the aren't saying, I made that up. What people are saying is. <laughs> no, but you're is right. It is people. a thing. Well, you know, women and children yeah, first. Yeah, which we should be for yeah. sure. Well, on the Titanic, you were. Yeah, on right? the Titanic, we were. That's why everybody out. loves Leonardo DiCaprio because he <laughs> died for her. Paint me like your little French girl. Yeah, but meanwhile, I'm like, can you? Both get on that fucking raft. Like, I know. It's not that. It's lie on top of each other. You're she, already like, making out. Like, what's... Picked his little frozen hands yeah. off and shoved them into like, the belly of the ocean. Get out of here, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> get a sign on the paper uh, first. Nice drawing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could write something about parenting. I mean, it must yeah. be interesting for you to be raising daughters in this climate. Well, I think raising sons in this climate would be just as interesting and just as weird. Just raising humans in this climate, like what no one's ever done before. Raising, raising kids with full-time electronics and the internet from the time they're babies. You know, what's the good stuff is you can't bullshit people as much. You know, there's like access to information. Like we're trying to figure out today, just now, how many people died in the 1918 flu. And you said it best. You're like, there's no un unanswered questions anymore. There's no, you can't. 
ponder. Yeah. Wondering and wonderment is a thing of the past. It's gone. Well, it's, it's still there, but you got you can get answers. You know, yeah. it's like you could search shit down and get answers. But I didn't. So what we what was it? The number like fifty million died in yeah, the 1980s. Yeah, totally. That's that's. I mean, that's a huge number. Yeah. But the thing that we were talking about also is. I, I guess I just don't understand. I understand that this disease has a lot of unknown factors, but there are so many other things that are detrimental to our society that it's wild that this, it took this sort of situation to bring everything to a screeching halt globally. Yeah. It's a little scary. And it's scary that we're using so much resources to deal with it. I know we need to, but then, okay, after this, are we going to start to apply those resources to deal with, you know, child sex trafficking that happens in the country, to deal with homelessness, to deal with these yeah. other issues? Mm -hmm. Is this going to be a sort of Kickstarter to be like, okay, let's get our shit together as a global society instead of living in our own tribal existences, which doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore. Whoa. I'm Just sorry. May, you made off. me. You made me smoke the blunt. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. Maybe <laughs> that is what we'll do next. Maybe listen. 500,000 people in this country alone die prematurely because of cigarettes, and we're just like, well, you know, whatever. Imagine if it was Kool Aid. If Kool Aid was killing half a million a year. Well, Kool Aid if is Diet Coke, but it's not. Sugar but kills a lot of yeah, fuckers. But, you can, yeah, but yes, it does. It does, but not as clearly. As cigarettes like you can be healthy and occasionally enjoy Kool-Aid. I agree I don't But don't you think sugar is just as addictive as nicotine? It's very addictive. You're right I There's think if we point, look at it from a broader spectrum it, it they're both equally as bad and kill just as many people They do but kill I see what you're saying. People. I don't think they kill as many because I think heart attacks is higher right now I guess you would have to lump diabetes in there too. Right? You would absolutely. Oh, so oh, and heart what's attacks, the highest killer? Strokes, diabetes, heart attacks Heart attacks uh, was number one until COVID. COVID took the number one spot on the chart. <laughs> Coming in at number one, COVID-19. <laughs> Coming in, number 19, straight yeah. out of Wuhan. He's quick with the slips. Yeah. Killing bitches. And sneaky. Yeah, sneaky. Sneaky disease that kills healthy people, and then old people survive it like it's nothing, and then it kills an entire nursing home full of people, and then young people get it and, and die from it, and old people get it and brush it off, and some people have zero symptoms at all, as many as 50% or more. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's like the crack of diseases. It's like Doesn't a make bunch sense. of diseases. It is. It does have a lot of characteristics of multiple diseases, and that's why, that's a scary factor for me. But I'm always grossed out. I mean, you and I travel. We used to. <laughs> yeah, we used to travel. <laughs> remember what? Remember comedy? But are you enjoying the not flying all the time? Fuck yeah. How good is it for your body? <laughs> Dude, I feel like I look like 15 now. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm chilling. I got my, my plumpness back. I'm, sleep is amazing. Isn't I don't have to deal weird? with farticles anymore and Ooh. fucking airplanes. Oh, God. Dude, yeah. there's so, I don't know what it is about flying. I'm sure it's the pressure and the pressurized cabin. People love to fart on God, airplanes. God, they let it rip on airplanes, and that's, that's COVID in my face. I'm fine with not dealing with the farts anymore. Imagine if it was killing people, if farts were killing people. If a guy could fart on a plane and half the people on the plane died. Whoa. You should have met my dad. The, the couple of those cookies would have ripped you right out of your seat. <laughs> There's something about old man farts. Oh, they're great. They're legendary. Yeah. Like, you know. It's something funny about like when you walk into a supermarket right behind an old guy who crop dusted you and you're like, you motherfucker. You're not even mad at him, though. You can't be mad no. at him. That that fart went to Vietnam. Prop. That was a fart that maybe, you know, fought some wars. Damn. He deserves it. People that have been through war have got to be like, what are we doing? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if you've been through war and then everyone shut the disease down, people are coughing. Wait. This is what we're worried about? Obviously, it's a terrible disease. I'm making light of it. 
but it's a terrible disease sometime, which is weird. It's like, you know, car accidents are car accidents, right? You, your car gets hit by a train. It's the same thing every time. Yeah, it's an isolated situation. It's, but it's it's terrible every time. Every time. This is terrible, like like a car hitting a train sometimes. People just die. And then for other people, it's literally nothing. Yeah, it's really wild. It's an inconsistent disease. And it's also, I just don't understand... How much longer we're going to be shut down? I mean, the economy is struggling so much over this fucking disease. Not just struggling, like broken. Yes. Like this they're going to have us. to rebuild it. And it could take a long time. It scares me listening to these experts talk about it. What scares you the most about the current situation? Well, it's always going to be a new disease and loss of life. That's number one, right? So number one is we're all scared because this disease is super infectious. It's just running through like old folks' homes. There was one old folks' home. I believe they said 70 people died in this one old folks' home. And that's terrible on another level because those people can't bury their family the way they need to or want to. The grieving process is interrupted by the protocol. Yeah, you can't even visit them in the hospital. Yeah, that's that's really brutal. And that, that for that fact, it makes me really sad for families that are losing loved ones like that, older people. That's why it's so crazy. It's almost like, and this is a ridiculous way to put it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do it. If, if, if you were intact, if this country was attacked by an invasion of demons... <laughs> And they were all interconnected. We did. It was the Kardashians. Each, <laughs> each, each. It already <laughs> happened. It was a fucking genocide for women. It oh, already no. happened. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Continue. <clears throat> You're making a good point. That's what it would be like. It's like some people don't even get haunted. Yeah. Some people, some people just get a little bit of a demon. And then some people get the full wrath of Satan himself. That's a good point. It's, it's just, it's, I was reading about this guy who was on an incubator for more than 30 days. And it was a terrifying account of all, the, it was in Massachusetts, of all these different ways they were doing, uh, different methods they were doing to try to revive this guy. And two thing it made, one thing it made me think is like, thank God there's people out there that can do this, that know how to, how to keep a guy like this alive. Yeah guy who was a young guy he was like in his late 30s i believe maybe 40s and he was uh married with little kids and you know it was a terrible story but they figured it out and they used some crazy machine that was it was bypassing his heart and his lungs like uh, it had to go in through his leg and like uh, like into, into a major artery i think Jesus. or something like that and they had to keep him like basically in a coma like, so that he doesn't move. Like an induced coma to keep him Yeah, and so then they have, they're just trying to pump air into him. Oh, my God, it's terrifying. Yeah, that is terrifying. That's but, why <laughs> this disease is so strange. It is. Uh, I, it, I oh, laugh because it's you, you made a good point about we're lucky to have people who know how to handle this. I feel like that, you know, with social media and everything, those jobs are not as appealing to people. And who knows, in like 50 years of another thing like this, and we're lucky enough to be alive, and it hits us. Instagram influencers aren't going to be able to intubate anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like the girl selling fit tea won't be able to help us. And imagine if your job was, if you thought your job was to help people, which is what most nurses and first responders I mean. Their job is, hey, you know, I'm going to do a good thing for the the community. I'm going to go do a good thing for people. I'm going to be there to help people yeah. when they're ill. I'm going to treat them. I'm going to help them survive and recover. Like that's a beautiful thing. But to go from that to all of a sudden you're on the front line of this infectious infectious virus war and you could get bit. 
you could get bit and there's not enough PPE in all these places and it's really scary. Oh, That's the scariest part. We don't even have the f- the fucking equipment for these people. Well, How is that possible? They have more equipment now than they ever had before, but they just never saw this coming. And, you know, there was a, a pandemic department, apparently. And it was, what did we know about that? Was it, it was canceled during the, the Trump administration? <laughs> they canceled the pandemic? I believe, yeah, what I read, <clears throat> excuse me, what I read was that there was like a team in place at the transition that since that time, which would have been three years ago by now, th- those people are no longer at the jobs that they had. So they would have probably had other positions, maybe in the White House or other places. But does the actual position exist anymore? I don't. From what I read, no. Or like, I don't even know if it was like an, an actual position. I think it, it was like a team. Of people mm. It's hard to not jobs. think about conspiracy when you hear that that team was just shut down. And that department was just shut down and then this happens. I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I understand where people might go, wait a minute. Hold I know on. What you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's incompetence. I think, you know, there's been scientists for years, even Bill Gates. Bill Gates in, I think it was 2015, a very famous, was it 2015, did that TED Talk? Oh, yeah, that TED Talk about saying how it wasn't going to be like war. It was going to be about a, a microscopic war. Yeah, yeah. Which is what we're at right this, now. I've heard this from so many independent sources. I think that's exactly what it is, really. I think they just didn't see it coming, and it's just incompetence. They, they didn't treat it with the respect that it deserved because it's not in their face. Yeah. Right? If you're, if you're a person deciding what to spend money on and you're running something like the United States of America, <laughs> there's some fucking wacky decisions you have to make, you know? And someone, whoever it was, made the call that we don't need that. I mean, I don't even know if that's true. Maybe the money was diverted... Or it was diverted into some sort of another program or something. But they just didn't see it coming. That's I all guess it th- would be hard to see something like this coming. And it's like preparing for the thing that you can't imagine would be hard to prepare for. Yeah. And it's it's going to be an interesting thing because like for our ability to look back at ancient civilizations, it's a little difficult because of the lack of technology available then to record incidents happening. But for us right now, this is all being recorded. And maybe there'll be a differentiation in the advancements with technology, but I wonder what future generations are going to know and uh, decipher from this situation that we're in right now. Like, didn't they see that coming? You know, that sort of situation where they're like, how did they not see this happening how do they not know this was going to happen because well, we have a really weird inability to pay attention to anything that doesn't affect us immediately yeah that's so how strange. it is it's very strange but it's a it's a characteristic of human beings that's probably got some sort of evolutionary benefit like concentrate on what you're concentrating on don't see the big picture because if you see the big picture you're going to go why am i even bothering i'm a finite life form on a planet with a dying star flirt floating through infinity trying not to get eaten yeah you're absolutely Fuck. right it's a survival mechanism there's it- something about it like your brain has too much ability to comprehend and if you comprehend everything the, like the, just the nature of life itself the fact that your your body is this ecosystem with all this different stuff inside you but because you collectively like however they influence you however your microbiome influences you collectively are you and you know that you just assume that there's one but meanwhile it's this crazy fucking world it is in your body on your body it's all interconnected do you ever talk to your cells <laughs> no, do you? <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> do you talk to yourselves? I do. I, ta- I I say that like in a sense of, I think I thank my existence and my being for for taking care of me. Dude. Like I express gratitude to myself on a on a microscopic level, on a, on a molecular level. Like talking to plants and I talk to grow. my plants. Yeah, they say that that's real, right? Like if you play plants music, 
They actually grow yeah. better. I wonder if there's plants that like Cardi B. Am I just or making if it's up? all just like. That's is that real? No, it's real. Yeah, but was there a study on that? Absolutely, that they grow more flourishly. They they uh, flourishly is that a word? Uh, They they flourish more with with music in their growing process. Have you ever been high in a grow up? I don't even know what you just said to me. High in a grow up, like a grow up where they're growing weed, walking through (laughs) weed high. Oh, actually, yes. I take it back. My partner's grow up. I was inside Mm. a little bit stoned. It feels nice. Yes. One of the earliest studies of the effect of music on plants was conducted in 1962 by Dr. T. C. Singh, head of botany and at uh, Animalia, Animalia University. He exposed balsam plants to classical music and found that their growth rate increased by 20 percent compared to a control group, along with 72% increase in biomass. Wow. 72% increase in biomass from playing music. But even that 20%, that's a huge, huge number. And imagine like what that does to plants. I mean, we already know there's science that it helps uh, babies and, you know, fetuses and, and babies inside the womb to listen to classical music and things like that. So it's interesting. I wonder what the the uh, rate of of helping a baby grow is what the percentage is no shit right i wonder if you could play beethoven for your kid when it's like a tiny little baby who's in the crib what if it increases its intelligence i wonder i I wonder if it would do you think it would (laughs) i mean for real there'd be an exercise right because the kid would be following (laughs) along with these beats so the thing to like really complex classical music is like I don't know about you, but I don't play shit. I have zero musical talent at I do, all. I have n- none. I so, mean, I can do like a, a, a finger flute. I love the fact that I don't know anything about how they do it. So I could just enjoy it. Like, just enjoy the music without thinking about the technical details of it. Yeah, it must be a little stressful if you know how it goes. Right, right, right. Yeah. To obsess over that, over the notes. Oh, yeah. It'd be like us with comics. <laughs> You're like, why the with, fuck did you do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Why would he go that way? Why would he go this or, way? you know what it'd be like? It would be like us if you're watching someone play a comic in a movie. Oh, Right? Yeah, you're like, you did it all wrong. Right, yeah. That, like, that was so terrible. So if you were a guitarist and then they're doing a movie on Hendrix, like, what are you going to do with the fingers? What are you going to do? Because you're not going to trick them people. them around aimlessly. But you, yeah, you're not going to, you have to actually know how to play guitar <laughs> if you want to play Hendrix in a movie. Am I right? I'm just laughing because yes, like. Yes and no. There's, you're, you're right, but also so many people have such different technique that you'd look at some people like, that's that's not how you play that, but you hear it and it sounds exactly right. Let me, yeah, let because me of the way they develop their dexterity. to someone who faked it better than almost anybody. Will Smith, when he played Muhammad Ali. I want, to, I want to say faked it. Right. I said, would say acted right. his ass up, became like a boxer. Like, I've seen so many fights. When someone moves, you go, ah, oh, come on with that. Oh, you're talking about the actual choreography of his Him, movement. His movement. See, I never saw that movie, but I know it was a good one. I, I thought you were going to say, like, because we're talking about music, like Jamie Foxx with Ray, but I don't know. Oh, he's you fantastic. Know. That yeah. guy can do anything. I know, Jamie Foxx he's is amazing. We- weirdly talented. Yeah, he is. If you listen to his voice, you're like, whoa, you can do that too? Yeah. He is a very, very talented dude. Very funny. <laughs> he did the cello thing too, though. Like he like made you seem, made it seem like he would learn. Maybe he did, but a master cello player in that movie yeah. with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's right. The guy yes. was like homeless. Yeah, yes. I can't remember the name of it. I can't. Yeah. What was the name? We can Google it, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, but see, he can really do that. Like it's not like like if someone asked me to play a guitarist, I've, I don't know what you're supposed to do with your hand. It's gonna be like <laughs> I don't know what to do with my. <laughs> you ever see a movie where you could tell someone doesn't really smoke and they're smoking cigarettes in a movie? Yeah. But it just looks so Unnatural. awkward in their hand. Yeah. I've heard actors talk about that too. Like they'll actually 
if their character smokes cigarettes, they'll actually smoke cigarettes so yeah. that they can get comfortable with the fact they have a cigarette. And even then they feel like a fake. Well, I think because so much of our mechanism is dependent upon our personality type, you know? It's not necessarily everyone smokes a certain way. It's just like, how do you stand? Like, where are you? Are you leaning or how do you eat, you know? If you have bad a, posture, it's going to affect the way you do things. There's a thing that you can see in someone that's doing something awkward. There's a weird thing if they're not really good at it. And it's like, um, like I play pool. And when you watch someone play pool in a movie, and he's supposed to be an amazing pool player, you're like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. This guy's doing everything <laughs> wrong. Like, everything's all clunky. And, like, yeah, that guy can't play. Do you like that Martin Scorsese movie? You can see it movie? in seconds. Which one, The Hustler? No, with... Um, with Ta- Color Ta- Money? Oh, Color right. Money. Yeah. It's a classic oh, pool, it's amazing. pool movie. Yeah, that's yeah. an amazing movie. That's an amazing movie. That's yeah. actually the sequel to The Hustler. Oh. Yeah, The Hustler. Uh, I've read the books. They're really... Bo- I forgot. Who's the... Author, forget the author. You read a lot. Do you? When did you have time before? Anymore. Mostly, what I do is listen to books on tape. Mm. Is that considered reading? I mean, you must. Good question. Donald (laughs) Rawlings says no. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Donald Rawlings is such a hater. You listen. You listen, and you say you read. (laughs) And Ari Shafir said the same thing too. Ari Shafir wrote on my Instagram uh, something, some fucking comment. Books don't have tracks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. But I mean, if you're in school and you're getting a lecture, you're learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's not, it's not the same. But I can do it when I work out. So I can listen to books while I work out. Do you think you retain information better when you're like working out and doing physical exerting things, physically exerting no, things? No, I think you retain the most information when you're sitting there concentrating on retaining information. <laughs> right. You retain less, but you um, you can still do it. You seem really able to acquire and retain a lot of information. It's scattered, though. It's like I have um, all my hard drives are fucked up. <laughs> Are you like, running on an old Dell oh, processor? Yeah, I'm supposed to. I have a chimpanzee's brain, right? A I'm chimpanzee. Supposed to, I'm supposed to have, you know, like a few categories of things that I concentrate on. That's what my my brain's designed for. But I've taken it like uh, like if you're trying to put a big engine in a Volkswagen Bug, I'm just cramming information instead of instead of horsepower. <laughs> I'm trying to cram information in this chimp brain. Do you get headaches from it? Oh, every day. <laughs> no, I'm lucky I don't get headaches. I've had friends that have had migraines, and it seems like probably one of the the most disturbing things you can experience. Yeah, there's so many other physical um, symptoms that are associated with migraines that just, the migraine itself, everything else seems so much worse. I've had friends that say it's like literally like their head's in a vice and it, it'll last for an hour. Yeah, that's brutal. And Do you have any like physical issues? I know you have like a like a joint issue or a bad knee or I've something. I've always got something wrong. From from fighting? Yeah, there's always something wrong. Was there, is there from, anything congenital? No, no, nothing. No, everything was just from just use and abuse. But like, I'm 52, and for most guys that are 52 that still get involved in jujitsu, they've got a bunch of surgeries. Most guys have like back surgery or shoulder surgery or knee surgery. Almost every guy that I know that gets into like his 40s and 50s from jujitsu. <laughs> it you, must be like, is that like just... a midlife crisis choice where you're just like, I gotta, I gotta try this thing and challenge myself. I'm a man. I gotta get in the ring. You could use it that way, but it's more like a life challenge. Mm. The way I look at it, it's like a really difficult thing to do. And in doing really difficult things, it increases your capacity to do other things. And it also occupies your mind with real drama. It's really dangerous. What do you dangerous. mean by, by it's really real dangerous. drama? It's really dangerous. Mm. I mean, it's not dangerous in the fact that you're gonna get hurt. You might get hurt, but it's most, most of the time we train you don't. But I mean, it's dangerous in that this guy's trying to kill you. He will tap you out, you'll tap, 
and you'll give up and then you go again. You're not going to die. You're not going to get hurt. But the reality is he could have killed you. If somebody gets you in an arm bar, they're going to break your fucking arm. If they get you in a triangle, they're going to put you to sleep and strangle you to death. Are you flirting? That's... <laughs> great my point Jesse May, is that <laughs> when you do that it makes other things easier it I makes get it. other it's things a, seem a, trivial yeah They're, the people that get good at jiu-jitsu men and women they have a, a tolerance for the hardships of life that's built into them from training sessions that other people don't have when you're constantly you're a woman you're constantly grappling with this other bitches is trying to kill you you're good friends and they're getting on top of you and she's trying to strangle you. She's trying to get you in the rear naked choke. You're like, not today, motherfucker. And you're, you're doing this all the time. Like regular nonsense out in the street. Yeah, it must be a great Seems way trivial. to focus your stresses and angers in your everyday existence and sort of funnel them into this. Instead of that, I think it avoids a lot of the anger. I think a lot mm. of the, like frustration that a lot of people have, the tension, is like built up energy that they need to expand. They need to expel. They need to get it out of their system. And they don't get a chance to. They're no. stuck in offices. They're stuck in their car. They're stuck at home, wherever they are. I don't know if it's not they don't get a chance to. They don't decide to implement it into their life somehow. Because there's, there's a too. choice to make. And there I is. realize there are limitations to people's lives in certain situations, but... It's a choice to implement something like this where you can deal For with sure. your anger. For I sure. I mean, but anger is necessary. Here's why it's a weird choice. It, it is a choice. But, you know, it's not normal or healthy to sit in a chair all day. No, it's not. And everybody's being forced to do that. And it's a, it is a weird thing to decide that we got to do. I mean, that's why there's so many suicides in, in Chinese culture, isn't that? Like in well, Japanese just, cultures, too. It's because crazy hours, too, right? Like, yeah, but they're sitting in a, in a desk all day yeah. long, jumping out of their windows because of the stress of just, the work week. Ah! Imagine the feeling when you make that jump. You, you probably know, like, regret Fuck it. This job. Yeah. <laughs> like, There's no is... way you're each time you're like, Woo! this is a good choice. Each time. <laughs> Milk was a bad choice, and so was jumping out of the window. Boy, that's a crazy way to go. It is. But what how you... crazy is that Foxconn place where they make the iPhones? They had to put nets around it because so many people were jumping. I mean, at least they're evolving, you know? Would it be fun if they put a trampoline then you can just kind of jump around and <laughs> deal with your emotions in that? You're like, oh, I guess I, it was a good thing that I didn't do it, that I didn't die. They what? have dorms there and everything. Like, why can't we make an American cell phone? Is that impossible? Or no, would it's we not. have to pollute everything? Like, there's <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's like, no, no bullshit. Like, no bullshit. <laughs> I don't know why everything gets made over there other than cheap labor. That's it, why it is. But the other question could be, is it also because they don't have the same environmental concerns? Oh, wow. I know, and I know that if you're in some of those cities, the, the smog is fucking insane, right? Some of the worst um, air conditions in the world you'll, you'll experience in these cities where they make all this shit. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about, like, the, about yeah. nature. Like, here's the deal. Can we even have all the stuff we have over here? And make it over here? And not have all that waste? And not pollute the world? Like, well, is that... Can I ask you a question? Don't sure, you but think... we should answer that one first. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should answer <laughs> we should that. figure out if this is true. Does this make any sense? It does. It does make sense. But don't you think we make too much shit? Do we need a new car every year? No, we don't need a new phone every year either. We don't need new shit every year. Like, and you talk about the waste that it's producing. I got an producing. iPhone 11. And you could have this for five years. Like, if this is all I could do on the phone is call and, and make pictures and fucking shit that you do normally and send text messages, why do I need, do I really need something better than this? Right. Why do we why need a new just one? Keep making this. 
Just keep making this. Right. I, I don't. I think we're, well, we're day, pro- we're producing gonna, too much. We're going to be intertwined with this thing. Fuck yeah. We, we were talking about that app, about the tracking, the COVID tracking. The, the, oh, which is just, it sounds scary to yeah, me. Get the fuck out That's of here That's some NSA that. shit. That's really scary. They're going to keep going. This is what things do. They like, If it's your job to try to do something like this, to try to implement something where you can get people to agree to tracking, if it's your job to do that... You're going to keep going. Yes, you once, are. If, once you get that tracking, then you're going to want some new shit. Then you want cameras in front of people's houses to see if they really are quarantining. You know, they're doing that in China. Yes. This guy just got back from a trip in China. They gave him a 14-day right. quarantine, and they put a fucking camera right in front of his door. That's he's weird. Like, he's like, whoa. Like, you're not going anywhere for 14 days, and we're watching you. It's also strange for people in politics to encourage society to snitch on people. That's oh, weird. That's a level of, of tracking. That's our man. I know, but don't you think that's fucking weird and well, it's, wrong? It's weird and wrong, but it's even worse if you're offering rewards. That's if you're right. Saying, if you're saying, you know, usually snitches get stitches, but this time they get you rewards. You guys are going to get riches. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is, Joe? Honestly, it's, it? be, it's, it's a behavior change. It's a weird step towards this tracking system that's going to be implemented that they're starting to be like, oh, it's okay. We're going to reinforce you guys being stitches. It's it's snitches. It's fine. Here's a little treat for you. Here's 500 bucks for letting me know that Karen was out not doing the proper protocol. (laughs) Meanwhile, there haven't been that many deaths like relatively to what they thought they were going to be. And so that means it's a success. So that means the way it's being implemented so far has been a success. Like, you're going to get more aggressive with it, even though the Why? numbers are way lower than we thought they were going to be. What are we doing, George? We're, we're doing the right thing. Understand that it's hard for people. If Just, you know, keep an eye on each other. Don't let people do stupid shit. You shouldn't have fucking parties. But you also shouldn't give people rewards to snitch. No, that's you know, not don't have helping. One of them house, I saw a house party the other day where people had masks on. So <laughs> Someone put it up on their Instagram. I'm like, this is crazy. It might have been Lil Duval. Lil Duval has yes. the best. He's the best Instagram it's, follow it's out so there. It's so good. It's so and, good. And he posts all day long. He's just getting high and posted. <laughs> Lil Duval posts Living the funniest life. shit. <laughs> He posts the funniest shit, but he, he really does. That house party was f- packed. Yeah, it was a it was a packed house party. I, th- I think it said something like, "If these people ain't dead in fourteen days, I'm gonna go out." <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, <laughs> dude, people are partying with masks on. Like, they're partying in so my apartment crazy. as well. Like, not my per- where I personally live, but the building. People have been having house parties, <laughs> having them, chilling. I hear there's cards against humanity happening a lot. Oh my god, it's, it's wild and it, like. Did you see the beach? Oh, there's the there it is right there. Look at this is look it. at the dude with the mask. If don't nobody from this house party die in 14 days, I'm going outside. And also, <laughs> why is it so bright? Well, it looks more like a meeting that just let out in a in a in a business. <laughs> Where well, are maybe they? it is. Maybe this is bullshit. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, or maybe someone turned the lights on and take a picture. How do we know? These photos, so many photos are doctored. Like right. you talked about the the picture from the the beach. How do we even know what date that's from? I'm sure a lot of these things you can sort of track. But then they posted a picture about you know the state, the anti stay home protesters. It was a photo from like an election from 2011. One thing I saw. I think that's just lazy journalism. They're just clickbait people. But that's interesting. Did it you is... see the deep fake of Biden's tongue? <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> 
No, it sounds like a porno category. There's a crazy deep fake (laughs) where they took Biden, his his thing where he's doing this press conference, and they made him move his eyebrows and stick his tongue out in this really wacky way. And when I saw it, I was like, is he really doing that? And I'm like, I don't know if this is really not. So I think I retweeted it. I'm like, what is this? You know, I just <laughs> I just sent it out there to the universe. What? Somebody tell me what this is. Yeah. And then um, someone wrote a thing about is the, you know this deep fake. What what did it say? Was the article like the beginning to the end of democracy or something like that? But it's uh it's really. Do you want me to send it to you? No, no. I, I've, sorry. I've, I found it. I'm looking. It, I guess calling it a deep fake might be mis. It's not a deep not fake. Misleading, but yeah, it's not technically a deep fake, but it's not accurate either. It's a, it's like manipulation. But, well, it, but did he, it but really he didn't happen? really open his tongue like that, right? He yeah, didn't... I think what it, what this is saying <laughs> is that he opened his tongue like that, but there's some app you can use to do the rest of the manipulation. He opened his tongue like a normal open. <laughs> that's what, what I'm, is that? Can you show was, can you show well, Jesse? Well, May? I was trying to read through it so I could explain it at the same Jesse time. Jesse May doesn't <laughs> know what we're talking about. <laughs> you need to see it. Yeah, yeah. You need to see like that. That's a real picture. I think this picture is real. That looks like every housewife in Bel Air, by the way. Yeah, by the time they hit seventy. Yeah, they're hanging on to it. This article's on Vice, where it says it's not not everything is a deep fake. For the love of God, not everything is a deep fake. What a great title for an article. For an article, this is what Sloppy Joe is trending. See, I think it actually got taken down off Twitter. (gasps) Oh, didn't so Trump retweeted that? Did he (laughs) retweet? Trump yesterday See if you retweeted his own tweet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? Like, what is life right now? See, what people want from him is for him to be like like his fans. They want him to be this boss guy that doesn't make dumb mistakes. I mean, but like, if you if you say something stupid. That's one thing. But if you say something stupid and then try to pretend you didn't say something stupid, now you've doubled down. Are you talking about when he told everybody to boof bleach? Oh Yeah. Well, well he said maybe there was a way to use disinfectant. Now, here, here's what's interesting. This It's clearly not – he's not being sarcastic. But then he said he was saying it's sarcastic just to your reporters. Like, he's so embattled with the reporters. It's like I've never seen anything like it. He's embattled with his ego. His ego is the first thing he's embattled with. And any time that's threatened, he can't – he focuses on that. He's so focused on his, his sensitive ego that everything else falls to the wayside. Like, just running the country. He's like, eh, I'm busy tweeting my haters right now. I'm busy yeah. tweeting trolls for hours. Can you imagine him? Like, what is he wearing when he's, is he in bed and like, sweat? I hope he's naked. He I hope he's in the steam room and he keeps blowing out his iPhones. They keep giving him, get me a new one. They get him a new one. He's just in there. In the steam room. <laughs> With his belly chilling, hanging out. Turning beet red. Talking shit about Putin. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Putin. Whatever. <laughs> talking shit about China and everything. I don't know. It's, I, I, I think that guy, never, like, I, I bet he could have never imagined what it was going to be like to have that job, to be hated that way. No, I, I think he wasn't able to put himself in a in a category of ever being hated. But that yeah. seems to be his biggest downfall and his biggest insecurity is what people think of him. Well, when you're living in conflict, right? So he's in this constant conflict with the press and the reporters when the when he gives those speeches. When you're living in conflict like that, you're always at like seven. You're always on edge. You can't take things from a neutral place. You take things, you're, they're always a bigger front than they really are. The perspective is always off because you, you're like stuck in conflict. It's actually like happens to people when you, if you grow up in bad neighborhoods. 
you grow up in back, bad neighborhoods, there's, uh, and they've, they've even said that they've done studies. Michael Irvin actually talked to me about this once on a plane flight from Australia. And he explained to me that kids that grow up and they're born when, when their mother is going through extreme stress, like the mother lives in a very violent neighborhood and there's violence in the house and things like that, the kid in the womb, it changes the way the kid will approach life. That's what I was saying to you before. I was wondering, like a stressful, like living in a stressful environment having an effect on the development of the child. I'm sure it will. But I mean, this is literally changing the wiring in the brain while she's pregnant with him. Right. Like it's happening because of the outside world. It's like changing the baby, changing the behavior, make it apparently a a much quicker uh, ability to react or instinct to react. Like constant survival on edge. Being on edge. It, it, I think that's definitely Makes also sense. consistent with you know having a rough childhood or a traumatic experience. I definitely went through that experiencing things you know as a girl that made me reactive to men until I learned how to like n- narrow it down to this one instance and deal with it. It's interesting like how you're able to overcome trauma with therapy and behavioral changes. But I think it comes down to that like having traumatic things will always sort of negate, I'm sorry, will always sort of dictate how you react to things. Mm, Sure. Trauma drives the ship for so long until you deal with it and have some sort of therapy. And even then, sometimes it's difficult to overcome your instinctual response, which is based off of that sort of, you know, um, that experience of, of stress being influencing how you react. You know what you were talking about earlier? We were talking about what kind of an effect is this disease going to have on people? Yeah. Well, I, I'm hoping that it's going to have an effect on shifting in a way where we understand how, how good we had it and how recent this is that people have had it good. I think one of the reasons why we're so quick to react to things, like why a child in the womb would be quick to react and, and more, more, more tend to be more violent or react quicker to violence, or def- be defensive. It, because it needed it for survival, yeah, survival. up until about four or 500 years ago, everything was a bloodbath. Fuck yeah. I mean, if you... I don't, we've had it good. Year? Yeah, we've had we've it had real it fucking so good. We've had it so fucking real good. Real fucking good. So fu- I mean, we, we have... All of our needs are instantly met. And, and then because of that, our needs grow because we need more. Like, oh, this iPhone 11 isn't good enough. I need an iPhone 24. We also find more things to complain about. We find more things to be bitter about, but less things to be thankful of. Like, I think, if anything, I hope that when we come back from this, other than the fact that I hope people get their lives in order, is I hope that we get this understanding of how temporary all of this really is yeah and how we just thought because just it existed because it had always been here it always will be here like sh- this is fragile this is fragile like the great barrier reef which we fucking Fuck. killed we with hairspray <laughs> we killed it with we killed it with hairspray that shit's Fishing line and hairspray <laughs> and suntan lotion it's like fuck you we fuck haven't you. we haven't put enough effort into educating ourselves about the things we're consuming, the products we're buying, and the people we're surrounding ourselves with. We sort of had this reckless abandoned approach to existence, and I agree with what you're saying. I think, hopefully, I thought about this yesterday when I was high on a walk yesterday with my dogs. Oh, shit. Where I hope, and one thing that I've gotten from this is a humility about existence, a humility about being a human and and all of the things that we get in just this society, but also in everyday life, our needs are have exceeded what we really need to exist. 
and our and our our, right. our wants are beyond what we really need on a day-to-day basis. It's greedy. It's so fucking greedy and it's not serving it's not serving the community. It's a trick too. You you're tricked into working harder and wanting more and it's, it's, it's just, Working it's hard a for some dude you don't know that that, that like cliche thing where you're making money. Hate. Job you hate. Ooh. To get in a car to drive to a house you can't afford uh. to be in a marriage that you haven't put any effort into and to put the TV on to put the food that's not good for you in your belly and the rinse dog's and repeat. A cunt. The dog's the a cunt. Dead. The dog's not the cunt. Usually no. it's a spouse. The dog's Usually. the saving grace. Sometimes you can get a fucking rescue dog that's a little bit of a cunt. Yeah, but you can change that with behavioral training. <laughs> so it's the same work. thing as people. You get rescue people. Yeah, but you can't talk to them. Dogs are just, like, it takes too much time. Yeah, it does take a lot of time to train them. Oh. But it is possible. When they're puppies, it's easy. It is easy when they're yeah. puppies. You can start from the behavioral, you know, from the ground zero with their behavior. But I know you're a big dog freak, though. You must have had like one or two dogs you've adopted. You're like, oh, Jesus. What kind of project did I take on? Yeah, it definitely has been a. I have one, my pit bull, my pit boxer mix. He's been a a, a journey. <laughs> mm. I've had him for like nine years, and when I got him, I got him in Brooklyn in this shelter, and it was like a bully breed shelter. You know, pits and Dobermans and German Shepherds and all the dogs that people are kind of scared of. Mm. Uh, and there was like three rows of cages that wrapped around this room, and they were all stacked on top of each other. And I just put my hand up against each cage just to see how the dog would react in this stressful, talking about being inside of a baby being in a womb while the mother's stressful. This is a similar scenario where these dogs are in this room Mm -hmm. and it's stressful and they're all barking. So I just put my hand outside each one just to see their reactions. And Carlin was the only one who, when I put my hand in front of his cage, he didn't meet me with aggression. He turned around and showed me his butt and he let me scratch it. I'm like, this is my dude right here. Mm. But... To that point, the dog's behavior, I'm sure you know this, in a in a shelter is not reflective upon how his ha- behavior will be. Of course. Or, sh- or what the female dogs will be. So it took years of training, six years, so much money. <laughs> Here's a good question for you. Why is it so fucked up? Why do we feel so bad about that happening to dogs? But we don't feel that same way about it happening to people. I think... I think people do, but it's also about like your personal experience. And and maybe some people don't feel like they have the the means or resources or the ability to start to help those other areas. You know what I mean? Like maybe they don't know how to begin to help like we were talking about before, um, causes that deal with child sex trafficking, or they don't know how to start, you know, where do they start to help to help homeless people and, and things like that. I think the dog situation's an easier step to feeling like you're contributing a little bit. I know for me, like, that whole thing changed because, um, you know, feeling like I wanted to help and give back more and, and finding purpose. I think it's important in life to find purpose, and maybe that's one of the things that you're talking about. Like, after my dad passed away, I felt like I wanted to have more purpose because it made me realize the value of life Mm. and what this is all about. And it's not about what can I get? It's what can I give? And so I I did research into Alzheimer's and did research into how could I become an advocate and ways that I could inspire and help other people that are dealing with the disease. And um, it's really a statement on turning pain into purpose. And I think that people who get dogs Maybe they don't have a big enough purpose yet. Does that answer the question? Well, <laughs> do they go too deep? Maybe you just like dogs. I love dogs. Yeah, 
It doesn't have to be so crazy. Well, you know, I like. I know you like to go into the darkness. The darkness. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's dogs are like little love dispensers. They're you know? great. They're pure love. Yeah. They're they f- they only function on love and immediate, you know, gratitude. They just want to lick your face. I mean, my dog crapped on my carpet last night, but that's okay. I'm not taking it personally. The problem with dogs, I mean, the pound dogs, at least, is that sometimes, you know, they're in for too long or they're just habituated to it. It's just they're scared. They went there because they were abused. It takes a lot of effort. But isn't it crazy that we don't think the same way about people? It is. It's fucked up. People that are in prison for stealing something, we're like, fuck them, keep them in the cage. Like, there's something about, like... How many people really should be in prison? How many people really, I mean, really, really should be in prison? A fraction of what we have. Yeah. There's people in there that don't deserve it, and it's definitely a systemic issue for sure. And it's a, it's a, it's a, um, almost like a caste issue when it comes to like how much money you have. It's definitely like a financial issue too. Right. You know, like what for, like, how about nonviolent drug offenders, right? Think about that. Nonviolent drug offenders, what do they do? They take them, lock them in a cage. But if you're an opiate distributor, if you're if, if you're a, a rapist, a pill, no, no, I'm saying if you're like a pill company like OxyContin, you know what you you just get money. Yeah, you just get money. You 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 kill how many million people die every year from OxyContin's? I mean, it's a, it's a, what, it's is a, the, what is the worldwide uh, opiate death? Like, is it a hundred thousand? Is it over a hundred thousand? In this country, I don't think it's quite a hundred thousand. Seventy-five thousand? It's a fraction of cigarettes, which is really crazy. <laughs> Like it's a fraction. Cigarettes are so bad. They're so so bad. They're the worst. But I get what you're saying. It's definitely, uh, you know, it's you know, you're pumping pharmaceuticals, and that's okay. But people who are in jail because of marijuana, yeah, it's and, fucking and ridiculous. Some of it's just possession in some states. Just, yeah, just having it on you. Having a couple ounces. CDC's response to the opioid overdose epidemic in 2017: more yeah. than 70,000 people died. From drug overdoses, making it a leading cause of injury-related death in the United States. Out of those deaths, almost 68% involved a prescription or illicit opioid. And a lot of these people who get onto opioids, they never did drugs before. That's not a word I say with confidence. Opioid. Opioid. It's a tough it's, one. It's, it's a when weird. I, when I'm saying, I'm like, are you saying that right? Opioid. It's a, it's a weird word. Op- wo- it's fucking up the rest of my words. Because it was like opiates. I could say that. Opioid. An illicit Ooh. opioid together is a, is a tough <sighs> There's grouping. so many people dying of that stuff. And so, yeah. And those are legal. That's yeah. legally prescribed. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a, a yeah. quote unquote legal drug that is on the market. Yeah. And they try to give it to you, too. I had my nose fixed. I had a uh, deviated septum, and they put this thing in my nose and cut out all the scar tissue. It was really bad. Like, uh, I was listening to myself talk from like 30, 20, 20 something years ago. And uh, I, I was like, God, I'm so nasally. And I realized that's what it was. Like, my nose didn't work. It was useless. I had like one quarter of one nostril that I could get air out of. The rest was all smashed up. So they fixed it, but it really didn't hurt. And I'm not trying to be a tough guy. It really didn't hurt. It just didn't hurt. Like after it was over, it was like, yeah, my nose is a little numb, but I'm not like, ah, I'm in pain. It's like it certainly hurts. But it's not like I need a drug. And the guy offered me two different kinds of pills. He offered me like Vicodin and and Percocets or one of those fucking things. One of them was hardcore, whichever one it was. I was like, Jesus, man. Don't they get, I mean, they used to get, you know, perks for prescribing and they would get perks for how much 
they prescribed out to it people. It must be. It must be. And there was that whole pain management system that was implemented into our hospitals is also based off of, you know, being able to prescribe opioids. Yeah. In in companies were giving kickbacks to hospitals based off of their level of pain. Like if you had Ugh. higher pain, you would get money because that would equal dollars on the ph pharmaceutical side of you prescribing the drug. Really? Yeah. I mean, I read an article. As long as you got a citation, as long, you can pull yeah. that article up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Allegedly, I mean, but I did oh, read that. God, it's crazy. The doctor didn't, I mean, he was like trying to, he was, wasn't just encouraging me. He was pushing these things. He's like, you're going to need this. And I was like, man, everybody told me, like, oh, my God, it's the worst things ever. And apparently uh, it used to be that they would pack your nose up with gauze. And then when they pulled the gauze out at the end of, like, a week or so, it was, like, really painful. But now they don't even do that. They have, like, these nose tampons, and they just slide right into place, and they come out after a week or whatever the fuck it was where I had to keep it in my nose to keep everything open after the surgery. But it was nothing. And this guy was like, you need pills. You need to, I'm like, I'm telling you, it was nothing. Like, it was over. I was like, it doesn't feel good, but it's not, it doesn't hurt. Was he trying to Michael Jackson you? Was this, was this, I uh, just think they do that with everybody. Your... They just, they don't want to hear you bullshit no, about pain. It gets you they in and out. They don't want to hear you whine either. It's, like, a, it's a drive through. My knee is killing me. What to do? Take those pills I gave you, stupid. I feel like a lot of the medical, I, I'm, I, let me rephrase that. There are some medical professionals because I, I do think that it's an amazing profession. Like you said earlier, how lucky we are to have these people who want to help people as a profession. Yes. But there are doctors who are lazy and there are doctors who aren't furthering their education. It's like they go to college and then they become a doctor and they get yes. that stamp and that label and then that's it. They don't continue to read and evolve because information is evolving every day. I mean, look at this COVID crisis. Something new is is coming about every single day. Yeah. And it was really apparent when my mother, she was sick. She had an issue with her heart and she went into the doctor and then immediately the doctor wants to put her on a bunch of medication. Not once did the doctor ask her about her exercise. Not once did the doctor ask about how she eats and what her history was with nutrition. Didn't even offer like a, um, a an alternate way for her to eat to sort of build her heart strength from within. Just wants to put her right on medication. And to me, that's a big issue with our medical professionals these days they're just lazy well there's it might be a little bit of that but also it's like that you can do you can get a person on medication but trying to get a person to get their shit together is fucking way too hard it is way cases. too hard especially if someone's coming to you with like health issues you can look at them and go hey man you gotta get your shit together you're gonna fucking die stop eating twinkies stop drinking soda all day come on i would rather that but you can't do that they're not they're not gonna first of all they probably won't listen they'll get mad at you They'll say you're fat, fat shaming them. You you can't tell someone that they have to get their shit together and then boom, they get their shit together. It's like a long process, and yeah. they they have to be fully on board. I, I agree with that. I just think it goes further to the doctors being not having the care or whatever it is to to at least provide a little bit of information. But I think to be a doctor to give like a really good holistic approach, like a holistic response, like let's take care of your whole body. Let's not think about this injury. Let's think about your whole body. Why did this injury happen? Why do you get sick? Why, you know, wh what, what's going on and what can we strengthen? Let's take a look at your nutrition. Let's take a look at your lifestyle. Let's take a look at the amount of sleep you get. But no one has time for that. Jesse. I know. No one has time for that. That's the problem. Like the to be a doctor fucked. like that, 
is really fucking time consuming. And these doctors are fucking pumping people in and out of their office. They're dealing with insurance and malpractice lawsuits. And it's a business. It's a crazy business. And they're still in hock for the fucking student loans they got to go yeah, to Yeah, they still have to pay school. their student loans. It's so fucked up. Shout it's... out to my friend Steve Graham. He was, on, he was fucking struggling with his student loans until he was like well into his adulthood. He's an ophthalmologist, and for him, it was just like a, a catastrophic amount of money that you have to spend to go to school. That's so. It's that's so unfortunate. It's it really crazy. Is. It really it's crazy. is. You you send them out of the gate with an incentive to do more surgery, because they're all broke and they're on debt. They're in, they're in debt, debt in a big way, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Imagine you got to catch up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you got a you wife spent. and a kid, or oh, a husband Jesus, and a kid. Oh Jesus, Jesse May. It's so stressful, and then be able to operate or prescribe or, or be to be on the present front lines and today. to be on the front lines today but i mean a lot of that is the breakdown in the overall system the overall you know healthcare system is completely it's it's so disjointed from really keeping people healthy i know because it's a business and maybe it's my hippie heart but isn't there some way we could shake the shit up so that at least it's starting to give people information knowledge and tools so that they can have somewhat of a healthier existence. The problem is people are a lot like dogs in some ways. That yeah. you know, it's very difficult to learn the bad lessons that you learned when you were young. You know, if you like, you get a dog from the pound and their life was fucked up and they're all sketchy. That's the same thing with human beings, and it's also the same thing with diet. Like, if people get on a certain diet when they're really young, and their parents are on this shitty diet, it's fucking hard for you to get them off of that. It's ingrained. It's a part it's of so their, their genetics. All animals, whether it's humans or dogs or anything, they seem to get trained by their environment. And then once they're trained, once they've sort of adapted to their environment in, in whatever way they had to, it's really hard to get them to shift. It's really hard to get them to change. It's that reinforcement. It's like behavior and reinforcement. Like you have to almost take it upon yourself to recognize why you're doing something and what is it that's reinforcing you to do it. And that yeah. takes a lot of self-awareness and self-work to go, oh, I'm doing mm -hmm. this, you yeah. know. You know, for, for a lot of girls that I know, I mean, because I have a huge female fan base, when I do Dr. Peluso on Mondays, thanks to you, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I ask, I answer questions for everybody, and sometimes they're medical, and I'll Google and try and give a little bit of information. But a lot of times, it's girls like, "This guy is such a jerk," and you know, should I text him back? And you're allowing the assholes into your life to satisfy that void in, inside of you. You know, you're sort of allowing that behavior because that the, the negative effect that you have is like that reinforcement, and it just brings you back into that cycle of uh, trauma and abuse that you experienced before. Dude, you, that's very deep. I, I, I feel like I can get deep here with you, you Joe, can. and you won't judge me. No, I don't judge you at and all. And as a father of of daughters, that's why I say, like, do you feel, uh, you know, a certain way about raising daughters in this climate? Because that's my experience, and I know what it's like. I'm a very hopeful person. And my hope, not just for my daughters, not for, just for everyone in this room, but for everybody, is that all this stuff is a wake-up call for us. And I think that when we're, we're talking about these deeply ingrained patterns of behavior that people get into and that we need to, you know, especially especially with healthcare, but also with education, all the things that you, you need to, to keep your body healthy and to allow you to advance in life, to give you a chance in life, to be in a place that's crime-free, to have nutrition and to have healthcare and to have education. And th th if we could give that to everybody, like I've always said, like, 
if we really wanted to make this the best country ever, well, what would be the first thing you would do? You'd say, well, we need to have less losers. We need to have, I don't mean losers like, you know, they're weak or they're, I mean, like they got dealt the wrong hand. You got born into a terrible neighborhood that's crime infested and it's been this way for decades and no one's going to change it. And there's just gangs and drugs. You can't say that someone who's born in that neighborhood has the same starting line as someone who's born in Bel Air. It's crazy to say. One person, right. So we got to figure out how to have more people have more of a chance. And instead of thinking that it's all for us, you know, like the people that, that, that do well, like whether it's through Wall Street or business, instead of, instead of like continually chasing more and more money, maybe something like this would make us say like, we got to reinvest in bringing everybody up. And then there'll be more competition, which would be better for everybody because you have more people that are striving to get better and people push you, they push you, people that are good push you and you become better because of them. Like it's iron sharpens iron. It's in the Bible. You need it. You keep moving. And then we could somehow or another make things at least slightly more even because right where it's not like you can't fix it it's a huge disparity though right, but it's it's not like these crime ridden like this is just what it is no there's no solution we've put all the mathematicians and all the the social engineers and we can't fix it the education it, aspect is a huge huge issue like the the access safety. to education access to safety yeah and right? to say yeah you're absolutely and then, right and then healthy food mm -hmm. and then understanding the choices like why why you want to eat healthy food and what's the difference and show and educate people just educate people on that how many people grow up and they don't even know that drinking all that sugar eating all that sugar is going to fuck you up long term well it goes back to what you were saying about the parental influence you know it's just you it's ingrained in who you are yeah you know it becomes that that sort of vicious cycle of rinse and repeat you know how you how you eat, how you live. It's 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 definitely an issue. But there is something to say about people who experience severe trauma and they live in bad neighborhoods where they go the complete opposite route. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. Both of us. I mean, look at comedians. Yes. I mean, that's born out of a, a, a seed of trauma, and you know, there's a lot of amazing businessmen and women who achieved what they achieved because of the disparity they experienced in their childhood. So there is something to the the dichotomy of the journey from ex experiencing the trauma to achieving success, but I do agree everyone needs to be lifted up so that we so that the whole community can experience the benefit of that. It's not, the, the thing about this covid that makes me scared on a level like on a little bit of a level is desperate people do really bad things. Yes. Because they need things for their family to survive. And I'm not saying that's where we're at right now. It could have gone that route. But imagine having people with access to safety and education and food. Everyone would chill the fuck out a bit. Right. Because you wouldn't be worried about survival. No. But still, you know, this is a, a there's so many things that are fucked up about this, right? That we, we've never had this happen in our lifetimes. Hasn't happened in 100 years. There's so many things that are fucked up about this. But the repercussions we got to be real careful about how we manage the repercussions of starting everything back up, the economy, starting it. We, what do you think is going to be, what do you think one of the first issues is with opening things back up that we're going to experience? Restaurants, comedy shows, like that kind of shit. Yeah. Where people gather, movie theaters are probably fucked, right? Are you saying about the reinfection and the re... I think they're going to be scared to, people are going to be scared to go. They're, they're gonna, not going to want 
anybody sitting like right next to each other in the movie theater like it used to be. So there'll probably be like multiple seats that are open. So the movie theaters won't make nearly as much money. Probably cut their, I mean, who knows? Probably maybe even more than in half. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are scared to go to the movies, and now they also set a precedent where you can watch movies on Apple TV. It's not the same. <clears throat> I miss going to movies, and mm-hmm. I know that's such a like self-serving desire and want, and it's not necessary. But I fucking miss it. I miss going to the movies. It's not the you same. You know what never at happens home. at home? No one ever talks at home. Yeah. There's not two people in front of you having a conversation. What do you think he's going to do with that? I yell at those people. Those fucking I'm people. I'm an asshole. But that's the problem with going to the movies. Like, you can't, like, if you go, look, if you get lucky, you go to the movies, and 100 cool people in there, you have a great time. Or I've seen some movies with f- cool people, like, you know, I think the, makes movie the movie really better. dictates that as yeah. well. But it, if you're in a movie where everybody's laughing, like, if, if, it's a, if it's a killer movie, it's a really funny movie. It's an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fu- almost it's like being in a comedy club. Yeah, yeah. It's, you feel the energy. But when motherfuckers talk, you know when that really doesn't happen when it's like nerdy movies? Nerdy you know, like movies? film house. Uh, you know, if you go see like Peanut Butter Falcon, nobody's fucking talking during that. Falcon? You didn't see Peanut Butter Falcon? No, what is it? <gasps> With Shia LaBeouf? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, if it's not, we're going to say it that way from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Shia. I'm a big I fan. I think that's how you say it. Is that how you say it? <laughs> how do you say LaBeouf? Um, it sounds like something that gay Falcon? guys do in, in France. <laughs> how Le dare you? I'm sorry. Um, Le Bouffe? Le Bouffe. Uh, Peanut Butter Falcon was this great movie about uh, this, this special needs kid and his friend that he picks up along the way and the journey that they make together. Like a total, you oh, know, wow. feel good movie, but it, it features this really talented special needs actor that it just, it's a heartwarming film. And Shy is, he's a great actor. Did you ever see that thing where he. When Trump was elected, he was getting people to chant, he will not divide us. He will not divide us. Yeah, I remember this? something about that. Where where was he? <laughs> well, this is this is why it became funny. Was it Reddit or 4chan? 4chan, right? That did it? 4chan. So this is this uh, website of uh, mischievous people called 4, 4chan. And they uh, found out that he had set up on his website, he had a webcam uh, on this flag that said he will not divide us. And he had this flag like in the middle of Oklahoma somewhere on a webcam, streaming on his website. So the, the geniuses, these nerd geniuses, decided to triangulate where that was based on the stars that you could see on the webcam in the distance. They figured out where it was on planet Earth. Then they had someone drive around in a truck and honk the horn while another person was listening to the webcam and see if it gets louder or quieter. So as they got closer and closer, they f- it's genius shit. They finally got to the webcam. They took the flag down. The guy looks in front of the camera and goes, fuck Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I have but, to say that's a, that was a fucking roller coaster of a genius. Story. It's genius. It was a genius thing. But here's the thing: Radio Lab had a whole podcast about it, and it was really interesting because, first of all, no one got hurt. Right? This is not about violence. This is not about terrorism. It's not. No one got hurt. It's about the, point of views. But it, it's also <laughs> funny. It's also funny. And if you don't think that's funny, well, then you must not have had a job that you hated where you sit in a cubicle and you Google funny shit because that's funny. It that's, is really that fucking, is fucking funny. funny. And look, Shia's going to get over it. If that's all the guy did is say, fuck Shia LaBeouf, that shit's hilarious. If that was me and I, I was a pretentious fuck and I had a sign that said he will not divide us Would and I put it on my butthole? website. No, but if I did and they found my, my flag and they took it down, they went, fuck Joe Rogan. I'd be like, ah, you got me. <laughs> That's pretty in- like talented, and but, the fact that they found it by the stars. But here's the thing: 4chan. They got. They said, well, it was on this website, 4chan, that's been known to be 
sexist and misogynistic and all the other istics and isms. You know, and what does that so have to do with it? It has nothing to do with it. No. So they did, because someone <laughs> might have posted like a Hitler frog with uh, the a Pepe Hitler the Frog. Hitler frog? What's that children's book? Pe- you know, the Pepe the Frog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Like because on that same message board, somebody might have posted a picture of that of the thousands and thousands of users. They'll use something like that to dis- to say, oh, this is just what 4chan is. It's just right, to group it. It's just the, the worst people on earth, the biggest monsters ever. Yeah, and people that found that fucking flag by staring at the stars. Okay, they're that too. You don't think that's amazing? You don't that's think that's amazing? Super. And all they did is say, fuck Shia LaBeouf. That's it. That's some really talent. That That's like talent that should be focused in a, in a specific field. Listen, it probably is. <laughs> they were probably just bored. They're probably tired of this fucking shit. And they just, they saw it and they're like, this guy, I'm, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find that flag. And then they put their nerd minds to the test. Do you know how good it must have felt to find Amazed. the fucking Amazed. flag? Yeah, it's like a, like a movie. Like, like find an X and dig a hole and find pirate's booty. Yeah, it's, it's like a treasure hunt. It's, it's like the treasure ultimate hunt. treasure hunt. It's a treasure hunt. And it's, so Radiolab took the podcast down. I love Radiolab. It's one of my, my absolute favorite podcasts. Why'd they take it down? Because people were complaining that they're supporting 4chan. By, that's a threat by making on, this podcast that make making that podcast. But that's a that's a, that feels like a threat of freedom of speech. Well, if people don't like something, we're going to start taking it down. Like, no, keep it up because only those conversations are the ones that move the needle on a societal level. Like only those conversations where people are debating, do we learn and grow if we open ourselves up to that? I mean, if you and I sat here and agreed on everything, it'd be a fun conversation, but it's also interesting to have, you know, alternate points of view and, and learn from one another. It's also, they didn't do anything that deserves to have them nuked from the historical record. Yeah, ex- exactly. If, if, if you have people and you have an open message board, which is what it is, and people post awful shit that's just that doesn't even really represent who they are most of the time when people are posting they're posting because they're bored or they want a reaction it's like it's a terrible way to communicate with people it is and it's also find a way to create some sort of algorithm to block people like that instead of taking down the the people who are who are putting up these videos instead of censoring you should just Block the trolls. Block the trolls and they can go someplace else. But people are doing that. They do that themselves because they want to get a reaction out of people. They do. I I guarantee, like when you see people that post that Pepe the Frog with like a Hitler hat on, (laughs) they're doing this. They're doing it to freak people out more than they're doing it that like because that's their ideology, that they're actually a Nazi. The way more of them are doing it to fuck with you and they're trying to do it anonymously. Yes. It's It's just a weird way to communicate. I experienced that. Early on during this whole quarantine thing, right, was doing a Zoom, uh, a podcast via Zoom. Oh, did you get Zoomed? Homie. Woo! I've been hearing about these. <sighs> what happened? So I went to record my podcast, Sharp Tongue Podcast, shout out to my own podcast, um, on Zoom, and I didn't set the parameters. I didn't know that you, there's like settings to it to make it kind of closed. So oh, I you s- can make it closed. <laughs> I didn't. I sent the oh, link out. I didn't know out. you could make it Oh. I sent the link out and everybody who had the link could access <gasps> and post and show their video. Oh no. <laughs> and I didn't know this because this was like the first week of, you know, everyone figuring out Zoom. And so it it's it went dark web quick. There was definitely someone fucking, a woman screaming in the background, people s- screaming the N-word at me. 
saying Jesse likes to F likes Whoa. to fuck n-words and all this craziness and screaming Did and like death metal all this? no but why <laughs> because i was just trying to shut it the fuck down oh my god because you i was trying to do a podcast if that was young jamie he would have hit record and we'd be like this is gonna be amazing <laughs> nobody We're be was on Reddit's working front page. it was like so early on i didn't have access to like my normal producer girl and so i just was like oh i can do this myself i'm gonna like learn and do it myself and oh. i learned the hard way to not dip out into the web people left it their own like their own expression if they know they're not being watched or if they're no, if they know that they're not displaying who they really are they're fucking dark they can be but i'm i think even that they're trying to get a reaction exactly it's, it's they were trying to get a reaction it's just a dumb way to communicate openly <laughs> with strangers they got one because i was like oh oh yeah, whoa crazy. what you is going on that. in here you can't have that you can't have that. In your I had life. to shut that down, but it shut was down. it was a, a a quick little glimpse into how people will try and get a reaction out of you. Yeah, they're bored. People are so on edge right now. They're bored out of their fucking mind. And boredom's we still got okay. Two more weeks. Boredom's fine. I'm not afraid of boredom. People are going so bored. Fucking learn a language. Pick up a pick up a guitar. Boredom is is a time for you to put your brain to use or to give your brain a break. Mm. You know, people are like, "Oh, I'm bored." Really. Go out for a, a walk. Can we not do that? Can we not go outside in nature? I think people need interests. Exactly. Find something you're interested in, whether it's documentaries on shit or find something you want to try to learn how to do. Find a purpose. There's a lot of things you can learn there's how to so do many online. Things. I mean, there's no excuse now. I mean, Yale even offered that like a uh, course in the, what is it, like well-being? It's like something like the-, the Oh, who's gonna teach that course? I mean, probably what some lady odds? who has a lot of cats, but it was a free course numbers. from Yale, is the point. Like, mm. early on, they're like, here, t you could learn all sorts of things in this. I think boredom is an excuse for laziness. Yale should have a course on stuff like that, on, on like, self-help people and hypnotists and, you know. What do you think about hypnotists? Like, oh, do you think real. it's real? Have you ever been hypnotized? Yes, yeah. So, can you tell me what it's like? Well, my friend Vinny Shorman, he's a, uh, he does what I do for the UFC. He does that for a lot of Muay Thai events. Great guy. He's, he's a commentator. And uh, he's also a hypnotist and a mental coach. He works with a lot of fighters. And uh, I said, I want to know what it's like. He said, okay, I'll hypnotize you. And, I, and I'm like, all right, here we go. So he sits me down. He counts me through this thing. And next thing you know, you're in this weird state. I don't know how long it took to get me hypnotized, a couple minutes or so. But, you know, I gave into it. Like, I'm trying to uh, just, I was trying to listen, just listen to him. He's a friend. So I really like him. So it was easy to trust him and just say, all right, let's see what this is all about. And I feel like it puts you in a place where it cuts down. It, you're still conscious. You're not like, at least I was. It's not like you're, you know, like you don't know what's going on. You wake up with your pants down. It's not like that. Hello, hello college. Hello. <laughs> 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 Ugh, that's a funny thing you always say. Whenever you text, Jesse May will send me a text, but is there right? Fuck. It's F-U-X-T. And I said, why don't you ever use the C? And she goes, it's too open. It reminds me of college. <laughs> texted you and I was like, I'm going to Japan. <laughs> and you were like, oh my God, that's so exciting. When? I was like, just kidding. I'm high eating sushi. <laughs> so, why, hey, I was reading this thing about Japan, about their COVID deaths are really low. And that Am they I hypnotized right now because you talked about it and totally diverted. Oh, the hypnotist thing? Yeah. So, oh, you know, I keep doing it. 
I could keep talking about it, but it was interesting. It's like just I wanted to I wanted to be sounds crazy, but my thing would be to try to figure out how to distract myself less, have uh, less procrastination. And just, you, you're a pro, you're a procrastinator. No, very little, but I want to get rid of it. Even the little I got left. <laughs> I can't imagine this was a if you're years procrastinating. Ago. I, it's, it just seems like a couple a years lie. ago. Maybe it worked before I moved into the studio. Um, but it was just uh, an interesting way of channeling out all the bullshit and getting to like sort of the the heart of who you are in this weird way. It's like it gets to this weird center of you and then as it expands back out to regular consciousness it's like you're filled in with the outside world and a lot of other shit it remind me a lot of experiences that you can get or states of mind that you can get where you do the float tank i was gonna say ketamine but yeah i've never done that but i know a lot of people are into that now i don't know what the fuck's going on i know so many people are doing ketamine i'm like settle down that kills people you fucks well i mean if you get you know the right guy the right person to do it damn you could survive you're having ketamine parties up on the beach <laughs> come on over guys we're having <laughs> quarantine ketamine parties in my apartment there's a thing about the flow tank you get to the state where you can kind of see things more clearly yeah, you feel like you're one with everything. It's yeah. strange. It's very weird, right? It, very healing, though. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like hypnotism partnered with the right person could be a way to get into your mind and sort of do some therapy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because sure. that's what float tank was for me yeah. as well. I think it's real similar because it it leaves you alone. Other than the fact that when you do hypnotism, you'll you'll be suggested and you'll be having a conversation with the the therapist, the person who's doing it to you. I'm only basing it on my one experience. I've seen some other hypnotism stuff online, but I've only had it done once. But I think that as people learn how to float and learn how to relax, you can kind of use your inner voice and you can guide yourself through various aspects of things that you find troubling, things that are bothering you, things, patterns, bad patterns that you keep recreating Anxieties. over and over again. Anxieties. Yeah, and perspective. And I think that there's a real value to being alone with your thoughts. And there's no better place to be alone with your thoughts than a float tank. Yeah, sensory deprivation. I think it's a, it's a sense, it's a, in a way, it's like a self-hypnotism. There's, there's something to it. That's interesting. That's an interesting approach. I think you're probably right. It's, it's almost like you're in, you're in a womb, in mm -hmm. the womb again. Right. And yeah, it, you're, it, you're free of all the bullshit. It really helps you just let the fuck go. Mm -hmm. Let go of your ego, of your worry, and all of that. Do you float a lot? I, I have one have right one. here. Oh, shit. I have a tank right here. Yeah. That's right. It's the beautiful thing about it is that it it gets you away from all the other information. Like, you're always getting information. There's always something coming at you. And most of it's subliminal. You don't even realize the effect it's having on your brain. Sure, and, sure. And, and all of those synapses that are firing, and at some point, they need to relieve themselves. And when mm -hmm. you're sleeping, I'm sure it affects your ability to go into those deep REM cycles. Mm -hmm, you're supposed sure. to get like three or four a night. Maybe you don't get as many because all day long we're inundated with these phones and these screens and the sounds and especially us, we're in the city. There's value to removing yourself from a highly populated area. That's the one thing I've realized about this quarantine is the appeal of the rural life. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it, I, I was talking with Justin, our friends from ABX, and he was showing me a video of his home, and it's just all this beautiful grass, just green. Don't tell anybody where he lives. I won't, but it was just beautiful. If you guys, I'll send you the video. You guys can geotag <laughs> it by the blades of grass, you fucking nerds. <laughs> But I was just like, Cut oh. to article, Jesse May supports 4chan. <laughs> I'm out Fake there with, the, with protesting for 4chan, yeah. Mm. 
I just think there's a value to like surrounding yourself in nature. And for you, you know, I'm sure you've provided yourself an existence that represents your values in life. But do you feel like the way you live right now in your house, in your home, feels like a real homestead to you? Or does it still feel out of place because you wish you were someplace else? Well, when things like this happen, one thing you realize, there's two things you realize. One, that there's, it's really nice to have a nice community. I, I have a bunch of nice neighbors. I love that. I wave to them. I love that they, like we talk to each other. I love that. It's That's nice. really sweet. It, it, it means a lot to you when shit gets weird, you know, when you have a bunch of nice people that live near you. But two, it makes me realize the value of being able to grow your own food. Like if you lived on a fucking farm and some shit went down, you wouldn't have to go anywhere. You go, you've got animals and vegetables and you're managing everything. And, you know, if you live on a small organic farm, that's like the move. That is the move. The move is you have a small organic farm and then you have a few friends that live on this property with a small organic farm and you split time. Fuck yeah. yeah, And and you share the, the value of the resources of the stuff that you grow yourself. You could get away from having supermarkets if you did that you You, really could you know who lives like that the actor who played shazam zachary levi i like that guy a lot you should have have you interviewed him he'd be a great guest on here he's he speaks a lot about mental health and and he has a a place yeah he's great on the marvelous mrs mazel oh he was wonderful he was such a great uh supporting character to her yeah but in shazam was amazing did you yeah, watch that with your kids so fun it's but great. he lives like that he's got like a commune uh, not like a culty mushrooms thing. oh sex <laughs> <laughs> you're just saying words <laughs> mushroom sex That's, which sounds great i know how they do it <laughs> it always starts like oh we're just gonna grow tomatoes together <laughs> Next thing you know, he's got to fuck your wife and you have to give him 10%. It's literally Wanderlust, that movie Wanderlust. Has anybody ever done a cult right? Anybody. Well, what's doing a cult right? How would you, what would the Joe Rogan cult look like? You can't, well, the problem is you die and someone else takes over and they fuck it up. That's what happens with every good empire. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you figure it out the first time, if you get it right, someone someone dies, the new guy comes along, ruins everything. Would you would you have people drink the punch? No, it's like, it'd be too much work to yeah, run a it's cult. A lot. It's too well, much work. But I'm saying it's that. amazing that no one, the, like the last one to come up with a good one was like Scientology, right? That's the last one that stuck. So Wh- that who was, was, was that? 20th was that L. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard, Hubbard, yeah. 20th science fiction author, by the way. And Fucking really, genius. Really bad science fiction <laughs> author. Really bad. But it talks a lot and says a lot to the power of persuasion. You ever read his stuff? No, I... I you I, need to read his ugh, stuff. Okay. Because Is it like Harry Potter? It's all first draft. There's never a second draft. It's the most nonsense... And narcissistic. Right, but it's bonkers. Like, it's... The stuff, it's bonkers. Like, so, some of the some of the reading... Like, he would write these stories and he would get paid, like, you know, like a penny a word or some shit like that. And he would write, like, a bunch of them for, like, Strange Times magazine and stuff, like, way back <laughs> in the day. Like, this is what he did before he created Scientology. He wrote these stories... And, you know, like, what was the one, that John Travolta movie that they made? Battlefield Earth. Damn, Jamie! He's a wizard. Are you on? Just looking at it. You got that mushroom coffee going? He's a wizard. Jesus. Are you an AI? Did you ever see that? Did you ever see Battlefield Earth? It's oh, with the eyebrows? Amazing. Yes. Wait, the, it's Ron amazing. Hubbard didn't write that. Yes, he did. Are you fucking yes, kidding did. me? And it was John Travolta's like lifelong dream to turn that movie into <laughs> one of the most preposterous <laughs> movies of all time. He turned that book. He turned that book into a masterpiece. He it looks is, like every white guy who wishes he was black. 
Look at the look at the dreads. But look, look at they're they're supposed to be giant and the humans are these little tiny people. Who is that? Is, it, is that? Mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker. Oh my God. Yeah. So anyway, this movie is. Uh, it's like Showgirls. You ever watch Showgirls for fun? A great movie. For fun. Great it's, movie. It's so bad. You're like, what in the fuck? It's like, there's a lot of movies like that that are great because they're awful. I need to rewatch this. Yeah, he looks like a dude who hacky dude. sacks in a park during the day. Please do this for me and for your fans. <laughs> for me and for your fans. Spark up and do a fight companion for Battlefield Earth. You watching Battlefield Earth for the first time and cue it up so that people could watch along. They'll just see you, but they could like watch <laughs> Battlefield Earth on one screen and you on the other. If they cue it up at the same time, they'll get you reacting to the movie. <gasps> That's such a good idea. I'm going to do that for the next podcast yeah, great episode. idea, right? That's a great idea. I think you might have to have headphones on because you probably couldn't have the content of it streaming, right? I I, my mind is you blown that he, ro- he wrote he this. Might, let me check oh dude you gotta read some of the stuff he wrote you read some of the stuff he wrote and you go this is terrible is it so is this like is this it's bad it's terrible it looks really good it reminds me of like it's so bad it's just like what is what the fuck are you doing (laughs) the fuck are you doing but people like that and i've I've said this about hitler and people who are (laughs) (laughs) just people who have these massive capabilities of persuading a, 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 just a mass of people. Like like L. Ron Hubbard? L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. It's like a missed opportunity to do something good. Well, this, have you ever read that book, uh, Lawrence Wright's book? Is that what it is? Clear? Is it, is it Lawrence Wright? Is that who wrote it? I think it is. Um, the book on Scientology is amazing. I mean, fucking amazing. And they did a, uh, was it an HBO series he did on it? They did some anyway. It it just it's a book about like about books about it's about how he created it. How L. Ron Hubbard created the uh, Alex Gibney. Alex Gibney, director and screenplay. There there must okay that's that. But there was a Lawrence. There was a book written too. Yeah, there was a book written too. Going clear. Maybe it's going clear. That's what this is called. That's called going clear. I wonder, like you know, in marketing, how there's like a tipping point to like where things become like both both titled the same thing. So go and clear Lawrence right too. Sorry. Okay. So I think the other one is the Alex Gibney directed the Lawrence. Is that what it is? They're both must be. Anyway, the um, the story behind it is he was self helping himself. So he was psychologically kind of fucked up, and he was sort of self diagnosing and self medicating, give himself therapy by taking a lot of these principles of uh, different self help books and different psychology books that he had read. And then he started applying that. And then he started putting that together with some, like, fucking... UFOs? UFOs and (laughs) thetans. So, like, Tony Robbins on crack? But when... I forget what the director's name and the going clear on HBO it is it, it's fucking amazing and one of them there's this guy who's a big time Hollywood guy who is in Scientology I forget what he does he's a director right Paul Haggis I think. yes that guy and Paul like he's a really really respected Hollywood guy right makes movies and he's deep into this thing right probably giving him millions of dollars or something like this. and then finally he gets to read these handwritten <laughs> notes that he's been waiting for like this is the you're on to the next level and he, he's like is this am i being trolled like he thinks it's like almost like a test the like, next if you level this. like it's yeah, super yeah, yeah. mario brothers exactly like super mario brothers but that's kind of smart that's smart marketing well it's a, a it false is. sense of achievement like you've achieved yeah. something different and that's like what i was saying like do you think how in marketing there's like a tipping point to when things become viral and more 
popular. Do you think there was like a tipping point to to Scientology? Just the floodgates opened, and then everybody was sort of well. Here's the thing: following. If you follow a lot of the tenets of things like Dianetics, all these self help tenets, if you follow the good stuff, you can actually do better. And you'll do better because you're also focusing on the fact that you're following this path that's going to do better. So your intention, your focus and your during, during your day is of improving mm-hmm. and doing better. And so, applying all yeah. of that. So a lot of people that, whether they join this or whether they take something less benign like Tony Robbins stuff, which is very motivational, but without the cult, mostly. I mean, he's well, not your guru. Yeah. He's, he seems m- really good. For a guy that's experienced what he's experienced, right? Yes. For, to be that doing that kind of stuff for this long, but I'm actually reading "Awake the, Awake the Beast Within." I read "Unlimited Power" like in 1989 or some yeah. shit. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it's a great. It's book. great. There's a lot of great stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But the, those people that if you're if you're one of those people that's doing something like that, like, like the giant, not the beast, giant. <laughs> yeah. Who was the other example that I used? Um, the. Uh, um, uh, the other motivational dude. With Jamie, help. <laughs> How did we both forget? I said I'm Tony Robbins and who else? Uh, anyway, uh, point is, there's people want something that guides them in a positive direction. If they think it's going to be Tony Robbins or if they think it's going to be Scientology, they're trying to do better, right? So if you say, well, Scientology really helped my life. It did. But why did it help your life? It helped your life because you decided to focus on doing better in your life and you use the tenets of Scientology, which some of them are really good. Yeah. I read Dianetics, or at least I read like a couple of chapters. It's like religion. There are aspects of it that you can apply to your life and, and, and benefit positive. from it. But then there's Look how focused Tom Cruise tribal, is. The tribal side that gets crazy. With, with everything, though. Look how focused Tom Cruise is. He is very focused. Where is he? Does is anybody know? Who, he's in a bunker right now. <laughs> he's, he's, he's in outer space. rehabbing his ankle that he broke in half doing Mission Impossible. Did you see that shit? You, you ever see that shit? Was that when he jumped on the wall? Dude, he's like... How old is he? 172. He's at least 56 years old. He's 5,000 years old. He's from another galaxy. 57? Okay. Do you think you could take him down? 57 years old. 57 years old. He jumps from one building all the way to the other with his fucking rope attached to him and mishits it and slams his ankle into the side of the building. You see his foot compress. His ankle's Foxville. Why do they allow... Uh, what, exactly. what clause in the in the movie contract are they like? Yeah, we're gonna have Tom. Or do you think he just was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it." He's gonna do it, and you could eat shit all day because he's fucking Tom Cruise. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. He you can't a, handle the truth. He learned all that helicopter piloting for the movie too. Yeah, dude. He's he a did it. He drove. Yeah, he flew. That's what they said and showed. But he's a legit maniac. Like, love him or hate him, that guy is a legit maniac, a badass actor. If you don't think he is, watch Interview with the Vampire and shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's a good one. He was amazing. Also, legend for the ladies who are listening from the 1980s, ladies from the 80s, the legend. Tom Cruise was was in the legend. You remember that movie? Mm -hmm. I do. Are you a nerd? That's right. You'd watch that movie. I remember that movie. That was a dope movie. It was. So, this is him really hanging on. No. Yes. No, it is. Why does he look like Donald Trump's son? No, this is him really hanging on right here. <gasps> no, 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 I have chills. Yes. Oh, God, are you for real? Yes. I have such a height. Uh, like, it, do, you, it do you understand how hard that is to do? 
And no, this, this no, because I wouldn't fuck, do it. This crazy fuck's holding onto a plane. Now, do you attribute that to Scientology? Yes, it has to be. It's <laughs> the only way. Only well, only other way he could have done it. So also, he's flying this helicopter for real. So he's doing this crazy helicopter stunt wow. for real by himself. By himself, this fucking maniac. He what also you... drives race cars. Now, and, is okay. that a death? Is that you, a? You remember when I said about playing pool? You watch someone play pool in a movie, they look like dog shit. He looked good in color money. Do you like think there's a play. level of uh, um, sociopathy that's playing there? Why do you have to find negative? Why can't you just look at the no, positive? No, it was a question. I didn't say. He's I offered a question. Out there making it happen, Jesse May. Why You're you gotta look at the dark side? You is, is this your glass, man? Why is the glass <laughs> half empty, Jesse May? <laughs> Listen, Adam, just look at these fucking crashes that he has riding his motorcycle. You just gotta think. Out of all the people that have done all the action movies, who is Who's wilder than this motherfucker? He's, the, he's the Michael Jordan of action movies. He, who's wilder than this motherfucker? Like legitimately, uh, Vin Diesel. No, I just no, threw, no, I just no, threw no, a name no, out no. there. I threw a up. name. I threw a sounds name. Sounds like he should be with that name. <laughs> it does. Vin Diesel. I know. Do you it know sounds... how cocky you have to be to make up that name? Vin it, Diesel. It is a. It's a. It's a lot. It's a name that comes with a lot of attitude. Do you think Tom Cruise is like a? Is he a daredevil or is it? He's a does savage. he think he's? Does, do you think he thinks he's an immortal? Because of Scientology. Mm. I think he thinks he gets his own planet when he dies. Or is that a Mormon? That's a Mormon, right? Mormons get their own planet. They do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Dude, there's a fucking album from uh, Johnny and Marie <laughs> or the Osmond Brothers. It's from the Osmond Brothers. <laughs> and uh, in the, inside the album, when you open it up, it's from back in the Dizzy. The album, the name of the album is the name of this thing that happens when you get your own planet, when you die. And then there's all these different people. They all have their own planet. <laughs> Inside the album. Okay, we need to know that album is, title. Here, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> the plan. Okay, that looks like. Is that it? A cult. Which one is it? I think it's the one with the planet on it. Look at the pink people. There's one that you open it up, and then the inside of it, it's got all the different. Do I remember? Am I remembering? No, we this did wrong? this before. I just. I, I know we did. Joe Rogan, you're a treasure chest of information. No, useless shit. I told you, my chimp brain is overused. It's taxed, the, the information just stumbling out of it, out of nowhere. It makes for perfect podcast fodder, though. Oh, you reminded me, remember when yeah, I said it? I'm mentally I... ill, and it works well <laughs> in this genre. I wanted to tell you something. Speaking of chimps, uh, I was reading this thing about um, sperm competition in, in correlation with, with sack size. Yeah. The size of the balls. And as I was reading that, Joey Diaz's video. <laughs> <laughs> Was on Twitch. Was on, was on Twitter. And, and so he calls me last night and he's like, what are you doing, beautiful? I'm like, oh, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm hanging out with the missus and the kid. And I was like, oh, it sounds nice. And he goes, did you check out those nuts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, yes, I did, Joe. They... Oh. They're mass. They're not nuts. They are fucking planetary systems. He's the best. It's a universe. I've never seen nuts like that in my life. What happened with the violation? Didn't they get like a legitimate violation from that? I hope so. I, he just There's Joey's the so necessary. Oh, ah! look at them! It looks like a Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> look how he jiggles them for you too. He's so proud. He's like a kid. He's like a fucking four-year-old. I love him so much. Look at. 
He called me but to make sure I saw it. The fact that he it. thought he could do that on on a fucking live stream for the comedy store. People don't realize how necessary of a person Ugh. Joey Diaz is. Somebody who pushes the ticket like this, who literally moves the needle with his nutsack. He's su- he's such a he's a, he's a he's a national treasure. He really is. I love yeah. him so much. No, he really is. He's a, but I just a one of a kind. But that's a great example. Like he experienced the fucking. Uh, the craziest the craziest life one of the craziest lives of anybody that's out of any of my friends and look what happens on the other end because of that you know and he's so gracious and he's so good to his friends and he's such a big heart yeah on the other side of all of that it's just it's so weird how much of who you are is based on these sort of random circumstances and and then how you come out of them yeah well i think you know a lot of it has to do with the absence and relationship to love and safety throughout mm. your your lifetime yeah in in what your relationship to love is because like when you're born as a creature your job is to get love and then as you get a little older you learn how to love and then as an adult you learn how to give love and if that process is interrupted along the way it's going to affect how you express that outwardly to people in your life and and for someone like Joey Diaz who as most people know, experienced almost every kind of trauma and, and crazy life experience you can have in a single lifetime. For him to come out on the other side, who he is, it's a testament to, I don't know, a greater thing going on. Yeah, like well, a bigger. He's also a bigger picture. He consciously made a decision to be a different person. Yeah, because you know? I remember I heard you talking about how. You'd bring him on the road, and yeah. and it wasn't always, you know, sometimes it was difficult. Well, he just had a real bad drug problem back then. You know, he's talked about it pretty openly. He just liked to do coke, and sometimes he showed up, and sometimes he didn't. And my take on it was I did want to not work with Joey. Like, I love Joey. Did you love him immediately when you met him? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was more than a couple weeks after Joey and I met that we were, like, best friends. That's adorable. He's a... But... I grew up around wild people. He's a wild person. Like you seem legitimate... like you're good with chaos. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, but like people like him, it's like, ah. <laughs> like when I was growing up, I always felt I always felt out of place. I didn't live with my real dad. I lived with my stepdad. We, you know, we traveled around a lot. So I was, a lot of times I was the new kid. And I, I just didn't feel like I made... Like I fit in with, I, I looked at other people's lives with the mom and dad were together and the kids never got in trouble and everyone was doing well in school. I looked at them like almost like they were aliens. Like I was scared of them. And I gravitated towards people that were like, you know, I haven't seen my dad since I was three. My mom's been selling heroin. They're like, all right, we're friends. Yeah. You know, like I, and then through all my choices, just sort of coincidentally, whether it's through martial arts and then through comedy, it sort of reinforced that. Like it wasn't my my thought when I was uh, 17 years old, thinking I didn't fit in anywhere. It wasn't my thought. I know what I'll do. I'll go seek out like stand-up comedians and fighters, and they'll understand me. Yeah, people they'll who sort of yeah. represent my own well, feelings. All, people were also fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> people were also like like people who also came from uh, a less just not a suboptimal childhood to say it because I wouldn't have a bad childhood. There's many people that had way worse childhoods than me. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. So it's like, so going over it and trying to think how many people are living way worse childhoods, way worse. 
and then they have to correct as they're becoming an adult while they're working and they're in relationships. To have self-awareness to know what it is. And they're fucking busy with a million different things and they're not even concentrating on themselves. They, this is, which is the thing you have to do. You think you have to, if you have to get good at anything, right? If you, you want to get good at playing basketball, you got to concentrate on playing basketball. You have ask, to be focused. Ask Jamie. He's actually a basketball wizard. Are those lies, you Jamie? You should see some three-pointers. You got a nice Jimmy, Jamie? His three-points are out of control. But you have to concentrate on that. How many times do people concentrate on being a better person? Concentrate on who you are. Concentrate on why you react to things the way you do or whether or not you're pursuing your passions with 100% of your enthusiasm or whether or not you could be more successful if you got up earlier and got more done and just had a better attitude about things. Be just just more focused. Like, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It, it, the ego gets in the way of the self. Yep. And it's those, you know, that self-work, the self-respect and self-care that you have to embark on. But first you have self-awareness and to discover that requires a whole other, um, a whole other situation and, and ability to access your humility. You got to be brave. You have to be very, very brave. Like that, that's, I mean, not like brave, like you're about to go stab a bear, but brave. To like, face yourself. Yeah, you're, there's a different kind of bravery. There's like, there's some bravery and this is the thing with men, right? The big thing with men is um, men uh, tend to be more inclined to place value on being brave in physical situations. Brave where you save somebody, brave where you list, risked your life, brave where you did something that was a, a dangerous thing for the good of all or for the good of your loved ones. But then the other kind of bravery, the kind of emotional bravery where you look at yourself like accurately mentors they tend to shy away from that or to frown on that even i but, i agree with that but it takes a kind of bravery to look at yourself accurately too it's a it different does. kind of bravery but it's still it's a daunting thing to sort of dissolve your pre-existing notions of who you are and look at yourself with fresh lenses have your daughters help you access that vulnerability about yourself oh or yeah is for it, sure yeah yeah for sure well Anytime you're raising little people and you realize like how dangerous the world is for little people and then these little people, you love them as much as any person you've ever loved times 10 in your whole life. It's impossible to describe. Every parent will tell you. It doesn't even make sense. When you see them, you, you just get a, like a love drug just floods through you. It's different. It's different. And it's so, it's so important. And as a girl who was a daughter of a girl dad, it's so important for you. Wait a minute. You're a what? You're the daughter, daughter of, of a girl dad? Of a, a dad who had a girl. Okay. And it, it makes me emotional. <laughs> but I had a really, really great dad. And Dude, do not cry. I will fucking come over there right now and violate social <laughs> you cried distancing on this podcast rules. Once. <laughs> I've cried a couple of times. I'm just um, kidding. But for you to love your daughters, that love will carry them through all sorts of shit that they're going to experience that you cannot avoid. Where you're not going to be able to be there and protect them the way you want to as a dad. So, like, you just loving them gives them all the strength they need for their entire life. And I'm sure you know that, but I just want to express it to you because I am that girl, too. Like, my father loved me so, so much. So it's such a responsibility because in order to express that love as a man, you have to have a humility about yourself and you have to be real about your vulnerabilities. So it's, it's an achievement as a guy but also just as a, a man in the society to do what you're doing. So you're, you're creating healthy girls, and we need more healthy girls in the world. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best to be a good dad. But I think 
we all need to realize, and this is one of the things that I really realized when I started raising kids, as time went on, I recognized that I don't look at people the same way anymore. I look at them as babies hmm. that became people. Where I used to always, like if I met you, like, oh, here's Jessie May in 2020, and this is how she's always been. That's just how I would think. Oh, there's Jessie May. Hi, Je I know what you look like. I see you all the time. <laughs> hey, Jessie May. But I didn't, I would never think, oh, that was like a little two-year-old. Yeah. Like this little two-year-old who was walking funny and, and dancing when music <laughs> was coming on. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and then life just sort of like puts you through the ringer and does this good and that bad and this better and that worse. And then boom, here you are in 2020. And it made me think of the whole path of human beings rather than just a static thing that you see in front of you right now. That's like enlightenment. That's a form of enlightenment. That's you, you know, you're an evolved human to think that about people. Well, it's not, it's just seeing it in real time, like watching my kids grow up and watch them become these little intelligent things that I can have conversations with. Little personalities forming. Yeah. And watching just when you have a little person and that, that all of a sudden that person's a big person they're sitting across you and you're having a conversation with them, it's very surreal. Just having full on conversations with this person that didn't even exist. Yeah, that you saw <laughs> grow yeah. and get bigger. How how has the quarantine changed or evolved your relationship with them? Like is it brought up any new with, experiences with with my family and i think with all my friends it's made everybody a little more appreciative made everybody appreciative of each other yeah made everybody realize like hey this is this really can happen okay now that we know that everything really can shut down we've kind of all known this before it's sort of like what we we're talking about earlier like we have this ability to block out all the stuff we're doing that doesn't affect us right now and i think Something like this quarantine and something like this uh, pandemic makes you realize, like, holy shit. We're like, vulnerable. We're really vulnerable. And this is what's important. What's important is staying alive. And we were all on momentum. We were all on momentum, just running around. Bah! And like not even considering you know where we're getting stuff. Is? You know what a buffalo drive is? Where the Native Americans. Migrating them? No. Native Moving Americans them? used to, they, it's called a buffalo jump, actually. Native Americans used to chase these buffalo off the side of a cliff. And so the, the buffalo would be running, and the ones in the front would go, oh, fuck, there's a cliff. And they go to turn around, and there's a thousand buffalo behind you running full clip. You're going over the edge. So they would all go over the edge. And then the, the Native Americans would come around the front and, and pick up the buffalo and take them. Well, that's what we're like. We're like we're on this crazy momentum where you're just getting up and just working all day and doing this and all this momentum. And you're fucking upset, and your blood pressure's up. And then, boom. Something like this happens, and yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but there's an opportunity in this moment to reset your perspective. And, and slow the fuck down. Get off the hamster wheel. Get off the hamster wheel and go, why, why am I living like this? And what am I doing to contribute how I'm living? How, how are my behaviors, choices, and decisions contributing to the life that I have? And, and I think, I don't know about you, but for me, I've been really asking myself, is the life I'm living the one that I want to live? And how can I improve it? Is the travel thing the thing that bugs you the most? Yeah, it's so exhausting. And it's, you know, it, it's exhausting on a cellular level. And it's, it, you know, it's stressful. It's, it ages you. It, 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 it really does. It really does beat you up when you fly every week. It beats you up when you fly every week. And, and it also, I'm a big energy person. And I like to conserve my energy. And I don't like to give energy to people who are, you know, emotional vampires. And I'm very specific about where I put it. But traveling doesn't give a fuck about that. Mm -hmm. It'll pull from that energy source as much as it wants to. And, I, you know, like you, I love comedy and I love to perform and, and 
give my all on stage. And if I'm tired from a flight, sometimes those shows are great. I don't know if you've had those ones where you haven't slept at all and you go mm -hmm. on stage and you're just like, fuck it. But for the most part, I like to be rested and... Yeah, you want to be rested. You want to be where your brain's firing. Yeah, where you're not even thinking, when you're in that like sweet zone to just... It's almost like a, a, a natural reaction to the moment. Isn't it weird how dumb you can get sometimes? <laughs> like for, for me, like I have... Me, personally? No, me, everybody, all of us. We all have to admit that there's this, a range that we operate in. We're on fire. Like we're, we're brains firing, everything makes sense, everything's going good. You can have a great conversation. You understand what people are saying. You're stimulated. And where's my keys? Right? There's like this, <laughs> this like, who am I? What, are, what was it? What's that guy's name we were saying? What the fuck did I just say? How do like, words work? Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> my brain is like, and sometimes it's like, sometimes it's like a race car and sometimes it's like a car with some shitty spark plugs it can barely make it out of the driveway have you found uh aspects of your life that contribute to you feeling like you're oh yeah for like, sure what do you what do you attribute it to exhaustion's a big one yeah. Yeah, exhaustion's a big one like uh, i was doing podcasts earlier in the day but i would do them straight from working out and Ugh. it's just too hard especially um running hills yeah, or, you're out there with Marshall. Yeah, or yoga. Yoga can kick your ass, too, before a podcast. I, I had to give myself an extra hour after the class before I tried to do a podcast. What, what's your routine after you work out hard? Like, what do you do right after you work out? I always replenish. I always get, you know, replenish. With food? Yeah, eat some food. Um, your body wants some protein and some... Uh, if, if you're eating carbs, your body wants some glucose. And your body definitely wants some electrolytes. I always take electrolytes and... You know, I just. You Are you gotta, a person who naps? No, I, I can't nap. imagine you napping. No, it's like nap. a napping bear. I don't have that kind of time. I'm not interested. <laughs> no. I just sleep at night. I, I sleep good. I sleep. I'm I'm a solid seven eight hours sleeper every night. I don't need a nap. What's the first thing you do in the morning? Do you have like Jesus, a what is this? regular morning routine? Are you the FBI? Yeah, I've got people recording this. I'm just um, making sure we can find out where you are. I usually do some kind of workout. Either I'll do something with the dog. We'll we'll do the hills. Or I'll work out here, kick the bag, that kind of shit. Yeah. Or I'll lift weights. Depending on what day it is, I just decide, like, today I'm going to do this, tomorrow I'm do I just have a series of workouts, too, that, I, that I've been doing forever that I can sort of plug in. I have a whiteboard. I write shit down on the whiteboard. And you've been consistent through quarantine as well? You've been taking it easy on exercising? You've been doing that no, every day? No, I've been day? ramping it up Damn. because I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be edgy. You know, I want to be relaxed. And you also don't want to be like the people from Wally. What? What's that? What's fat, fat people. Oh. Those people just get lazy. Everything's done for them. There's no excuses. If you're home all day, there's no excuse there to go to the no gym excuses. for one hour. And by the way, you don't even need a gym. You need a fucking. You don't. You need like a kettlebell. You don't even need that. You can do body weight shit. There's a shit ton of things you could burn yourself out on just with body weights, especially if you have a chin up bar. Body weights I and have a chin one of up those. bar. Dude, I can you, do four. But do you have the one that go? Can you really? Yes. That's very good. Is it? Yes, it's very good. Oh, I feel good. I thought it was terrible. I thought you were going to be like, <laughs> no, you fucking weak good. bitch. No, that's <laughs> Damn. Why Why is it when people put words in your mouth, it's always shit you would never say? Like, God. You say bitch a lot, but not in like a but derogatory. It's a friendly, yeah. Friendly bitch. I say bitch too. Is it the kind that hang over the door or is it the one that's screwed into it's the It's screwed into the wall. Okay, good. Is that good? Yes, better. Uh, the ones that hang over the door freak me out. Yeah, well, I've seen videos. videos. <laughs> And the bitches who don't look, we have to like before you decide you're a Instagram fitness mm -hmm. instructor, let's read the instructions of how to put those bands in your door. 
Yeah. Because there's so many people out there that are putting them on the door and slapping themselves in the back. I'm noticing a lot of, not all, not all you ladies, not all, but a lot of these ladies um, that have the fitness accounts also have like an OnlyFans account. Oh, yeah. They're showing titties and clitty cats. They're showing they're clitty showing, cats. They're, they're getting paid. Oh, they're showing, they're they're showing, showing the whole They're basket. showing the bunghole. They're showing the whole thing. And you know what? In today's economic climate, it might be right behind them. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll dress my butthole up for you. Will you paint it out like a clown? I'll bedazzle it. That'll you know what I'll do? Nose. I'll get a I'll get a really good artist to paint my butthole like a famous person, and then you have to guess who it is. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Have you seen that one lady? I, we've talked about it before on the podcast that makes that visual art that, with painting, paints eyeballs and shit on people's faces. Whoa. Remember? That one in particular, yeah, but there's a lot of girls now that the body paint stuff and do... B- a bunch of crazy stuff, right? Like yeah. 3D stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what you're looking at, People Jamie? are getting really artistic with uh, face and body paint. That's it's interesting. Weird, weird stuff. So yeah, you could you could do that to your butthole, though. Yeah, I think I might... Same thing. I might do that. I, I did make a butthole candle that smells like my butthole. I bet you didn't. I did. I bet How much you want to bet? I bet you're wrong. How much you want to bet? I bet you're wrong. I bet it doesn't smell like your butthole. Oh. <laughs> Well, we can't. How would we even we cash have to in on do that? Do a sniff test. <laughs> I'll blindfold myself so I can't see anything. Just back it up. Oh, okay. We need to do a companion episode to that. Yeah, I'll blindfold myself, <laughs> put my hands behind my back. I can't move. And then you just back it up there, and I'll take a sniff. What do you think it smells like? Like an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're wrong. What do you think it smells You're like? You're wrong. A meadow. <laughs> what is it, like Aaliyah? an elk basin? It smells like a like a field. No, it's a wallow. It smells like vanilla and leather. Oh, like aged uh, leather. What's her name? Gwyneth Paltrow's candle yeah, smells like she, a vagina. I was like, right? no, everybody knows what vaginas smell like. We need a butthole candle. Did you come up with this idea after her? Or this is like some next level shit? Like, I came up with that idea after I got really stoned. Really, really stoned. And I was like, here's Gwyneth Paltrow. And the pussy candle. Here. What other body parts could I? Feet. Oof. Well, See, you have feet, all creeps. You have the creepiest yeah. guys at your show just looking at you, staring they at do, your feet. They do. There's a lot of foot fucks out there. I'm on Wikipedia uh, somehow. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, I'm stating all my alkalades. Wikipedia. Yeah. It's another area of a woman's life you have to be... <laughs> worry about. But yeah, I'm a, feet, people, right? people comment. Like if you... If there's even a toe in a fucking photo, some dude comes out from the earth like some little slithering worm, and he's like, "I see a toe." That's why Andy Letterman is so funny. She blurs all them of out. her pictures. She has her feet in them, and they're all pixelated. Yeah, now she can have an OnlyFans <laughs> account where that bitch can retire. If you're if you're a woman in this climate and you don't have anything to do, retire on your butthole. Retire on your feet. All there's you a whole need world for is it. like. I mean, it depends on how much money they're giving you every month, but you don't need like a lot of people to sustain you. <laughs> no, and it's it's much smarter for a smaller price yeah. to attract a you know a, a certain number of people. Do you think the legitimate fitness girls get mad at the naked fitness girls? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of hating, right? Well, people, there's always people worried about it diluting their own industry, mm-hmm. but these motherfuckers they they define the industry. They also define the standards because if there, if there's going to be a high standard, there has to be a low standard. Don't you think? Mm. With every industry, I mean, how it's almost sort like natural of, but selection. It's a, it becomes a different thing, right? Because for one, like the fitness thing, for sure, it's inspiring girls to want to look like her and like do this and ten lunges and this and that and that for sure. But also a bunch of guys who want to fuck her. Absolutely. So, but when you dip into the world of here's my naked pictures for X amount of month, 
then you're in a different realm. Because then the other girls that are just like the fitness girls, who are just, they're really expressly trying to motivate women to get fit, and they're showing all these exercises, and every day they're doing crunches and telling you to push it and keep going and don't quit. <laughs> One time I thought about quitting, but I didn't. Here I am. But also, here's my pussy. <laughs> I think right? it's, like, it seems like a you, full Are they mutually package. exclusive? Oh, gosh. Can you, can you have a girl who's like a really motivating fitness girl's got like the abs and like the midriff showing and wearing the yoga pants and looking like a badass. I think you can have it, but you and, have to be honest about it. And see her pussy. You have to be she's got to be honest about it. She's got to be true. like, "Hey, I am a I am a I'm here for Pilates and pussy." Whoa. That's you've got right. to, like don't here's the thing that drives me nuts. Those girls acting like they aren't also pussy girls. You're <gasps> also a pussy girl. What does that mean a pussy girl? You know what it means. <laughs> Jamie knows what it means. He's googling it. He's out there. He knows the girls. But there's That's enough the difference space. In girls. A girl shows her pussy's a pussy girl. There's right? enough space for everybody. There should be, but a lot of bitches are hating. Well, the hating bitches should focus their hate into something that can benefit them. Cindy's over here just working on her lunges and trying to put together a good program for you. And Debbie's showing her whole asshole for $5. <laughs> that, look, my butt would be so much more expensive. She's so mad at Debbie, that whore. She's ruining my squat business. With her butthole. One butthole yeah. took my whole business down. Cindy's all about those squats. <gasps> but there's there's enough people for both areas, don't you think? No. You there's don't? a standoff, a Mexican standoff. <laughs> in what the streets, they do? like a goddamn Western movie with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> they, should have to do, they should have to actually do a physical test. They should have to, like, squat each other out. Whoever can do them. Whoever dies first is done. Well, it's weird because they're in, like, a new category. Like, Ho? let's stop at the, well, no, those are, <laughs> I can say a, that. they've been around forever. Hoes uh, have been around forever. Yeah, it's the oldest, oldest But they're job. in a new category, like the female fitness influencer. That didn't exist. It never existed. I just Googled OnlyFans, and there's actually a story that's oh my goodness. on this oh. topic that's not fitness, Oh, I heard though. about this. This lady mechanic. is a mechanic, yeah. and apparently a very talented mechanic. And the boys at work found out she also has an OnlyFans account. Where uh, she shows Le Couture, mm. and uh, they fired her. Hypocrites! So they were, they were, the guys were harassing her at work and talking about it because she had created all this problem. Oh, fuck by them. having this uh, only, it might encourage her coworkers to approach you with an unwanted sexual conduct or comments. So that's why they fired Please her. Please give me Meanwhile, a break. You know listen, the wives called. First of all, let's cut the shit. She should be happy. This is going to make her way famous. Way mo way more people are paying attention to her OnlyFans account than ever would have Good for ever her. before. Congratulations. You hit the lottery. You worked with creeps and you played it well and you got paid. And they did you a favor by firing you. They also, did you a favor. Also, my car's making a weird squeaky noise. <laughs> Could she help me? Oh, Seriously, hit, hit me up, girl. I could use a little work under the hood, if you know what I'm saying. What were we just saying when we were talking about OnlyFans accounts just before that? Buttholes? No, 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 no. We passed that. Uh, fitness accounts? You were talking about yes, fitness yes. models? The and... fitness influencers. Like, right. before, like, who was the first one? I get, Dude, it might have been fucking Jane Fonda. Oh, she's the OG. Or Olivia Newton-John. No, Jane Fonda was way before but, Olivia right. Newton-John. Jane Fonda, didn't she do, after movies, she was she's, doing She got into fitness. Videos, Why do you right? think she looks that good? She's like 172. She's not that old. I know, she's like 82. I think you're exaggerating. I am but exaggerating. Yes, but you're right. She she was like the first 
fitness influencer. Yes, that's she a female. was. She was making videos back right. in like the seventies and eighties. But if you can you name one other one from that era? Sa- Susan Summers. Summers. Well, she's the fat one though. She just wanted to lose <laughs> fat. But that's her thing. Was about losing fat. She's the fat one. <laughs> I meant by, I meant the losing fat one. That was her thing. Stop the insanity. The just eat a potato, Wait, stop right? The insa- that's just not like, Suzanne Summers. Stop the oh, insanity is Susan yeah. Powder. Su- you're right. Suzanne Summers is Thigh Master. Yeah, yeah. Thigh Master. Three's Company. Right, right. Susan right. Powder was no, the like fat lady. I'm sorry, Suzanne Summers. Yeah, get I your meant the shit other one. right. The other one. Suzanne Powder was the one with the, the shaved head and told you stop to eat a potato every day. Stop the insanity. Put the fucking cake down. Just eat potatoes, right? Wasn't that her thing? Mm-hmm. Eat potatoes. <laughs> Don't be fat patches. If you just eat potatoes, you will lose weight. It does work because you're so bored. You don't eat that much. <laughs> and so your body just oh. naturally starts eating itself and you get thinner and weaker. It's that's, congratulations. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> congratulations. You tried to survive on potatoes. Yeah, Suzanne Summer is another one, right? She, and she did those Three's videos. Company, she did the Thighmaster videos. And Thigh then did those. That, that thing of squeezing your pussy together, mm-hmm. is that like the most sexually suggestive of all athletic devices? Like how many people are really concentrating on firming up the center of their thigh? A lot of bitches. Come on. That They're, was like also that, the first OnlyFans account. She's out there just doing Kegels. Yeah, that's a Kegel. That's basically, I mean, I mean it's like an outside Kegel. Yeah, it's like it, you can, you're tightening up all the muscles. It's like, are you working your neck muscles? No, I'm just doing traps. You're working your neck you muscles. You got to do your Kegels. It's the same thing. In, especially in quarantine, there's plenty of time to be doing it. Squeeze that pussy. You got to squeeze that pussy. There she is. Make it tight. Look at her. Make it tight, make Boy, it right. She had a Jesus. phenomenal body. Good who, lord. Who was your like lady of Good of lord. your of your like youth that you liked? Everyone liked like Farrah Fawcett. Everybody liked her. Suzanne Summers was hot. She was like the rare combination of hot and funny. What about like when she was on uh, Three's Company? Oh yeah, she was. You're right. She was talented. Do you ever watch the um the like the whole story of that? There's like one of those behind the scenes stories. Like there's a contract dispute. Were they all boning? Suzanne Summers. John Ritter. No, I think she wanted more money. I think. Yes, she, that's right. Yeah, John Ritter was making the lion's share of the loop. And she was like, "Yo, what's what yes. the fuck? So we the, need to have favored nations here." They had a. There was one season where they. She was like on vacation, and she would like call into the show. Like she was never. The, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. She was like on the phone, like talking to them. Like that was all she was in. Because the, the whole, contract was in negotiation. Whole, it was. Well, there. I think either they were punishing her, or because of the contract negotiation, they didn't want her to be a major part of the show where she could hold the show up. So they said, look, you got to have one scene, and we, we could delete it if we want She's to. like, fuck you. Do you know how strong my pussy is? I will break you. I don't think she, I think she developed a strong pussy as a response to this. She probably did. This tyranny on set. <laughs> I'm going to fucking snap Gotta it do off. your Kegels. Guys can do Kegels, too. Ooh. Ew. Yeah. You mean your asshole? Is that what no, you're it's a pelvic floor exercise. You uh, can, you can, dudes can do it, too. It's a good dude exercise. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you know. I don't know if you guys have a pant pissing issue like women do when they get a little older. Oh, Jesus. Women with kids, they, yeah, they, they can have that. They laugh too hard. They'll piss themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I'm going for at my show is I want bitches to piss their pants. I bet you've done it already. You don't even know. <laughs> you probably, it just should be a list. Like, it should be an app where every time you piss yourself at a comedy show, you can click it. And we'd like to see which... <laughs> Which uh, person makes women piss themselves yeah, the most? It's no, longer, it's no longer laughter. It's all about the piss factor. <laughs> I mean, well, bitches piss. For, for certain, it's not like an indicator for everybody. But for some people, it's an undeniable indicator. Yes. Like if someone in the middle, like we have a, a, you say you didn't laugh at the show. That's interesting, Tammy. Because it shows here when Jesse <laughs> May hit that punchline, you pissed your pants. We, it uh, says it right here. We read so. the thong factor here. Stop and being a fucking hater. There's some saturation in that little slice of cotton. Yeah, you're, you're all red. <laughs> As soon as as soon as the punchline hits, that's piss. Okay, that's that's obviously piss. Dirty, moist underwear, lady. 
what um what do you think's gonna happen all this are we gonna be back on the road no not for a while yeah, I think people are going to be weirded out. Despite all these uh, studies that have come out and people keep sending me more and more articles that are being written saying that this is not as dangerous as the flu, but that's not really true because they're basing it on how much people die, how many people die from the flu every year when we don't quarantine. Right. So this is this is quarantining and the amount of people is equal to or greater than most seasonal flus. And it's faster. It's a little more yeah, aggressive. It's, it's very aggressive. But it's also weird because some people get it and nothing. So it's confusing because it's a new thing. It is very confusing. Because it's a new disease. Look, we're very lucky it's not targeting babies and, and children. We're very, very lucky. Yeah. You know, we're very lucky. Yeah. And it sucks that it's targeting old people and it sucks that it's targeting... Obesity seems to be the number one thing they said in New York City. It was the number one thing that the patients that had the roughest times with it had in common. I mean, obesity, that's like one of the number two killer it's like it's yeah. way up there i mean diabetes it's such a if you're obese you're susceptible to most of the diseases and issues that arise with people See, i think that's also what scares people about opioids as opposed to cigarettes like cigarettes kill you but they kill you slow yeah it is a slow burn no pun intended they play it nice they play so is it obesity nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obesity is slow, slow and painful. Yeah, it's and rough. expensive. And then your joints go. Ugh. It's 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 brutal. I mean, it it looks painful for people. Remember, like the Maury Povich show, where they would what have to like. Ralphie. Oh man. When Ralphie was alive, it was I, rough. And was he? I'm not trying to um, be disrespectful to him at all, but at his point of passing, was he at his heaviest? I don't think so. I wonder no. if he had fluctuated throughout. He, he fluctuated. He even had some operations. But talk about somebody stapled. who obviously experienced a lot of, you know, a lot of pain, a Something. lot of pain, yeah. but the nicest guy, very nice guy, just a ball of joy. A ball is probably a bad term. Ah, too late. <laughs> <laughs> he would have laughed. He would have laughed. He would have laughed for sure. He would have laughed for sure. It's like, you know, it's not anyone's hope that your baby boy grows up to be mm. morbidly obese. It's not anybody's hope. No. And this is the difference between the way I look at people now as opposed to 20 years ago. Pre-K? Yeah. Pre-kids? Pre well, BK before children? Just, before kids? The whole thing seems like a different enterprise to me. The whole thing in terms of uh, who you are and what, what is life. And so much of it is based on, like, if you wanted to look at it like this big old problem. Like, what's causing the majority of the issues in this big problem, this complex thing that you're trying to solve? Well, the biggest issue seems to be the childhood thing. The biggest issue seems to be the love that you experience in the house, how the you're raised. The, you know, the lack thereof. Those are the motivating factors. And it's positive and negative. Like, it's not a... It's not a, 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 a simple equation. It's really no, it's not. Because like, like we are just talking about Joey. We, everyone loves Joey. We love Joey. But you don't make a Joey if everything's great. No. If, if you are there for your kid and, and the kid never does drugs, never um, holds someone up hostage with a machine gun and a Coke deal gone bad, of all those things that Joey's done, if everything goes great, your kid never does those things. No, you're but, not breastfeeding on time all the time with that kid. No, but as <laughs> Joey got through that he became this rare thing that everybody loves and it's precisely because of all that struggle so it's a real conundrum it is a conundrum because struggle can either define you in a in a beneficial way or it it defines everything that's bad about you and, and all the negativity is just po it's just reinforced because you're still connected to that pain and trauma you're you're behaving ways to 
you know, go back, revert back to that time in your life where you were experiencing pain because it's a connection. It's a connection. That was the only love that you had. Sure, sure. And everybody has things in their life they have to process, things that have been done to them, things that they do, and you need some sort of a, a purging Yes. Of, of your past Absolutely. to accept who you are as a person. And it's a that great way to put it. is one of the reasons why I like jujitsu. It's one of the reasons why I like anything that's really hard to do. What do you think in your life has been the thing that you've associated the most pain with? Like what is something that you experienced that has caused you the most pain or maybe, you know, trauma or something that you experienced? Bombing at the store. <laughs> That is fucking painful to your core. I'm still hurting from going on after Martin Lawrence in the 90s. <laughs> was he so and funny? And I'm not kidding. Was he so funny? Oh, dude. Oh. When I first came to the comedy store, by the way, I sucked, okay? I was like 26 or 27. And uh, Martin Lawrence was on top of the yes. world. He was wearing leather jumpsuits on stage and murdering. He and the was place so funny. Be, the place would be packed with people to see Martin Lawrence, and he would destroy in the main room. Would it feel like a rock show? Would it have that energy, like eclectic energy? It would be. It was nerve wracking. First of all, because I had been a Martin Lawrence fan, like when I was an open micer, right? So I had been a fan, like from early on when I had first seen him on television, and then he's doing movies. And then I've seen his television specials, and then I'm at the store, and here I'm going on right after Martin Lawrence. And not just once. Like, Mitzi put me on after Martin Lawrence, like, fucking every time I had a spot. That's right boot camp. after Martin. <laughs> no! And he that would, is boot first camp. of all, most of the audience would just get up and leave. Like, when Martin Lawrence is done, the fucking show's over. They want to follow it. But they they, they want to go after the rock star. You don't, you know, you produce all that like electric energy in the room, and then they want to go after that. It happens, well, they wanna, it happens when you're on stage. They want to go home. That's what they want. The show's <laughs> yeah, over. they're exhausted. Yeah, they've, they've exhausted seen their enough. laughter. They've seen Martin Lawrence. That's what they came to see. But they I've seen see people this. do that to you at the store, where you get off and they're like, "We got to go talk to Joe. We got to get some of that." Like mm-hmm. they want to get, you know, get some of that energy like, from you. Balls, don't yeah. do that. Well, I, 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 I'm just going like this because I have two balls. hands. If I had three hands, not quite that big. Mine you have chimpanzee norm- balls. I have normal sized balls. <laughs> Joey's got something preposterous. No, but- Joey's are like gorillas. You're you're probably no gorillas have little Actually, dicks they have and little, little ones. Balls. That's right. Yeah, because they take care of the harem. They don't. They don't need- have a competition. Yeah, there's no competition. What well, so? What's Joey's deal? Does he well, have they competition also don't in the eat house? Meat. Just growing up, I'm sure he had a lot of competition. Yeah, That's yeah. how it developed. His, his nuts are traumatic. <laughs> his nuts are traumatized from his childhood. <laughs> That's um, my friend, Dr. Chris Ryan. He talks about that all the time, that competitive, like if you look at the size of the testicles of chimpanzees, you could, there's a direct correlation between the size of their nuts and then how promiscuous the females are. Yes. Because if the females are hoes, their balls just keep getting bigger and bigger. These dirty bitches are out there fucking everybody and I'm going to fuck them better. And they're just building up bigger and bigger loads. It's wild. Like just that whole process, like the load that a guy releases and all of that, all of those sperm are competing every single one. It's a whole army, and they're all competing to get to the fucking end. Do you end. remember when the orcs attached, attacked the elves in Game of Thrones? Yes. When they came, the, the sperm. That's, that's the loads. Do you think they're the screaming? Loads. Do you think yeah, they're screaming in there? Yeah, mine are for sure. Mine are screaming. Mine are screaming. <laughs> Do you think there's like the chariots of fires playing as well? It's like a an unintelligent noise that you expect like a demon to be screaming if it was coming over a hill chasing you like, Wah! Yeah, it is demonic. That's all come, all come screams. That's what I think. (laughs) Come screams. Yeah. Hello, special title. About the fat, the (laughs) speed that it's projecting. It's coming flying out of you. It's screaming. And so much. Yeah. I think what else comes shooting out of you like that? 
It literally shoots out. Uh, tears? <clears throat> Not like that. If your tears shoot out like that. <laughs> you haven't met my sisters. I mean, it's literally like <laughs> it's trying to get up in there. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, boom. Yep. Of course they're screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be I cool just, if you could hear them? I wonder if it oh would change God. how often people fuck or the way guys shoot. Like, if you could hear the sperm screaming, I wonder if there'd be that as many, like, I wonder if your plants do better shots. if they hear you fuck. Your plants? Yeah, if Absolutely. you have your plants around you and you're fucking. Absolutely. Because if you think with music, if music helps, what if what if we could find out that if you fuck while you listen to the Prince, you get 75% more biomass? <laughs> but 75% less? He was so little. <laughs> no. <laughs> But the music is so big. It was so big. If you're listening to Purple Rain while you're oh. fucking, and you, you, the trunks just keep getting thicker on yeah. all your plants. That's interesting, though. I wonder if music does persuade the, the successfulness of the, you know, the, the pregnancy and someone getting pregnant. That's a good question, right? Because if, 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 if having Mozart play for your growing baby makes them a little bit more able to be intelligent and make... Smarter choices. Maybe it can sort of help people just well, get pregnant quicker. When I was a kid, I was one of the first generations of people that had a Walkman. Okay? So when I was working out, I was going to the gym back in like the fucking 80s. All right? When I was in high school and I was wrestling, I would have a, a cassette player. I was a zygote. I would like sit on my hip. I had like this fucking <laughs> neoprene belt or some shit. I forget how it strapped in. But this cassette player... And headphones, and I would go to the gym, and there's you could listen to your own music at the gym. This shit was unheard of. Do you understand this? Unheard of. And I remember doing leg presses to Welcome to the Jungle <laughs> by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> and I remember thinking how strong I felt because of this music. Oh, your daughters are going to be fine. <laughs> and so I got off the leg press, and I was like, that's crazy, because like I literally felt like I had more energy. Like something happened. I wanted to fucking go harder because of the music. And I was like, okay, that is like... It's doing something. I know it's exciting me, and that's making. But what else is going on? There's, well, music's the only thing that stimulates all areas of your brain simultaneously. It's one of the only things. Have you done studies on this? Is this why? That's what I've read off of your <laughs> off of your Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> music stimulates everything, including nail growth, In including your sperm <laughs> success. All of it. That's not. It's kind of true. I, Thank I did you, read Jamie. The book. There's a book on mm -hmm. Audible, so I. I Listen to this book. You read um, it. You're a doctor. Called Music on the Brain. <laughs> I honestly even think Makes uh, sense. the person who is doing most of the talking has was someone that's been on the podcast. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. Well, but they were talking about like when you're running. So like if you're listening to music at a loud volume, that takes an amount of brain power just to be processing that. Add that on top of the physical activity you're doing, that takes brain power to do, plus the endorphins, plus all the chemical process there is something that happens there it has mm. been studied i cannot regurgitate it obviously but i only know it because of there but that too. would imply that it's actually it, it hinders performance because it requires resources resources to listen to music and then resources to run but not necessarily if it's engaging if the if the entire brain is being engaged i would think it would enhance the ability for you to exercise and maybe some of the um Maybe you get out of your own way. Yeah. 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 And th the only reason that I know about it is because with research with Alzheimer's, they say when the Alzheimer's patients reach a certain level or even just early on in their diagnosis, that music can help alleviate some of the stresses and anxieties that are mm. associated with the disease. And because it activates 
the parts of the brain, most of the parts of the brain that it is thought to be a therapy for people who have Alzheimer's. That makes sense. Yeah. Because it do, it's doing something to juice up your brain. I like, will tell you. Wouldn't that be like, benef like so, almost like a sauna for your brain? Exactly. Like d during the last two weeks of my dad's life, he could not communicate, couldn't eat. His motor function functions and everything had just stopped. We played Sinatra. That motherfucker didn't talk for two weeks. We played Sinatra. He started to sing. Wow. In Which song? Um, Fly Me to the Moon. Ironically, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he started to sing, and it, it, he also the last thing he laughed at was a fart. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Speaking of fart, let's fire up. Yeah, let's fire up the, the black ash. Is that what it's Don, called? This is Donnell's I own love, personal. Man, my man sells candles. I love Donnell so much. Jamie? I mixed up two things. I uh, listened to them at the same time though. So there's a book called Music in Your Brain, which is uh, by I believe his name is. So I just had it. Leviton was his last name. Oh, yeah. Steve, I believe. Steven Leventhal. I think I, I think have that right. book. Yes. And then I also listened to a separate thing, which was by someone who has been here, Stephen Novella, Your Deceptive Mind. He hasn't which been is here. A scientific. He hasn't? No. Oh, I thought he has. No. I'm sorry. Uh, deceptive Mind. There's so many guests. Courses. It's hard. Yeah, Don't worry yeah. about it. I mean, there's, we're at like 1,500 guests. So Sean Carroll interviewed someone that did a podcast on the music in the brain. I think that's where I was confusing the person. Ah, uh, okay. Here. So I mean, isn't sense. that interesting, I though? I a lot of stuff about it. Donnell's candle does not want to stay lit. Well, it's the, the key to candles is you have to burn them until you have to cut them. First of all, you need to cut the wick, and then you have to let them burn until the whole area is melted so that it burns e equally all the way down. Mm, okay. That looks like a disaster, but this is a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. It's no surprise. I mean, somebody sent me one. It's like uh, Bernie Sanders as Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, who's? I'm gonna guess you got that from like. Those? Did that come from Vermont? I hope so. <laughs> it would be authentic. <laughs> this is not gonna stay lit. I'm gonna have to do surgery on this candle thing. Yeah, you gotta you gotta cut out some of that goo. See, this is but this is a guy that's uh, industrial. He's figuring out what to do, industrious, figuring yes. out what to do. Like, I know what I'll do. I'll sell some fucking candles. Yeah. That's, you know, actually smells fucking good. why oh, not Oh, shit, smell? it seems to be working. That's why I made now. a butthole candle. Congratulations on that. But so did you, are you openly admitting that you were inspired by Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina Hell candle? yeah. I was like, where, where's the butthole candle, girl? How, how many of these butthole candles have you sold? We, we haven't even opened yet. I don't even know if, I think the shop's going to be open soon. Website. What does it really smell like? Like, how do you create a butthole smell? Um, it, it's sweet. With a little <clears throat> bit of weather. <laughs> <laughs> like swamp fog? Well, yeah, thank you. Swamp <laughs> fog, which they won't be at Coachella this year because it's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> they were opening for Jarrett Leto's band. <laughs> Coming to the stage, swamp fog. <sighs> the girls just queef out a cloud. <laughs> Yeah, I just I did get inspired by Gwyneth Gwyneth is uh, Gwyneth whatever her fucking Goop. name is. Just Goop. call her Goop. Yeah, Goop's candle. Goop's, Goop's whole setup. Yeah. Did you try one of them jade eggs in your twat? Who? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of her what? things. She wanted people to put jade eggs inside your vajayjay. No, the, you oh, know what? Yes, they did. I've been putting bleach tampons up there for Ooh. too long. Like yeah. enough, we gotta like go easy on the on the cooch. We have yeah. to go gentle. Here's, here's the thing that men are never fucking aware of. Toxic shock syndrome real. killed a lot of women oh. from fucking tampons. Oh, and imagine, like, you lose limbs, too. If you're yeah. lucky, you, you catch it early enough, you lose a limb. How crazy is that? It's it's so, but because think about it, it's this little piece of cotton. I mean, it's happened to me a couple of times where you're like, I I, I think there, I might be, there might be a stowaway up there. 
Mm. I'm not sure. There might be somebody hopping the train. I need to check and see if there's any passengers in the caboose. I had a bit about tampons that I'm just remembering. It's like that a tampon was actually invented by men. Yeah. Go, but it seems like a male invention. A male invention to a female problem. Let's plug like, it. That we don't have. Like, what? Stuff something stop, up there. Just hit, yeah. you, it's like hit it. Like well, you guys, to they, fix things, you smack them around. Why are you still stuffing things up there? I agree. I mean, that is a temple. You need to be gentle yeah. with your coochie. And we're just jamming it. I know girls who will throw up a leg on the on the bathtub, on the wall of the bathtub, and just jam it up there with one finger just recklessly. You got to go Jesus. easy. It yeah. seems like also it can't be good for it. Like that blood's supposed to come out. It's not supposed to get stuck up no, there. No, it's it's. I definitely take take it easy with with the you know the the clitty cat down there. I go gentle with it. But do you think that's nature's way? Like before tampons were invented, trying to gross out the male monkeys. Like oh well, when we flush it out, just just have it all come out. Right I think out of the defi- hole. there's probably something to at least keeping discouraging discouraging people to stay away from the girl so she can recover and and recuperate uh-huh. some of those nutrients lost in that blood. I, I'm Could sure be. there's something to that, you know. There's but, like something with like gypsies where when women bleed, I think it's called like gadja or something like that, where when they bleed, uh, um, traditionally people leave them alone and they stay in their like c- cabin or wherever they're living and all, everyone just leaves them alone during that week. If someone brings up gypsies, I think of two things. Oh, God. Tyson Fury and werewolves. Ooh. That's what I think of. Like the gypsy lady reading your palm, you of the mark of the wolf. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Werewolves would be cool. Like, if you could pick one creature to be real, I feel like I know the answer to this because I'm your friend. If you could pick one mystical creature to be real and exist now, what would it be? Werewolf would be pretty cool. I think Squatch would be great. Were- oh, Squatch would be very cool. That'd probably be the coolest. And the most, like, reasonable. For, for sure, some Russian guy would hunt him and kill him. Yeah, for sure. Putin. For sure. He'd have him on the wall. Yeah, Putin would have it, it stuffed in his office and people would be real mad. <laughs> I love that you're saying this. Meanwhile, there's, like, a fucking caribou. I don't know what that is. And this an thing. An That's elk. a water buffalo. Yeah. Invasive species. I just imagine a Sasquatch head over. No, <laughs> those are primates. I don't, yeah, that's a when you get into the primate, like nobody gives a fuck about rats. Like no. literally, nobody gives a fuck about rats. Nobody. And they're gives taking f- over New York City. Whew, they're having rat wars. Have you paid attention? Oh to yeah, that? They, they 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 fight. They kill each other. They if somebody comes, they take over territories because mm-hmm. there's no more food. There's no right. more no more restaurants. The, the restaurants open. Those little rats are out in the streets. Yeah, same amount of rats, but no food. They're now. so smart. They're so smart. It's like then that. They're desperado too. We talked about that, like yeah. you know. The, the thing when the test they did with the rats yes and, and it becomes like this global consciousness that they have and they get smarter from a test that's done yeah, way well, far away explain what that mean what they they did was on one side of the pl- I'm, make sure this is true too I'm pretty i think sure it's it was true. pretty we, sure it's true they look at jamie's they, did a maze. <laughs> they, they taught him a mouse how to go through a maze on one side of the planet might be a rat might be a mouse on one side of the planet and then the mice on the other side of the planet went through the maze quicker because of that is that true that would be in the morphic resonance area. I Rupert believe. Sheldrake. Yeah, yeah. He's he was on the podcast way back in the day. Yeah, it's a very controversial idea. Well, it's because there's how do you gauge that? It's very difficult yeah. to go. This is the result of that. The cause and effect is a little. It's a little cloudy there. You know what I think, and this is just one of the. Time, I think of this sometime. I'm not married to this, but I think that you have the possibility to occasionally get these glimpses of of maybe senses that are evolving in human beings. And you can call it intuition, you can call it some connection you have with somebody, especially with someone you really love, like your family or loved ones, or someone you really care about, and you think about them and then they call. It's almost like, man, is there some sort of a connection 
between people that just comes in and out. It goes in and out. Like sometimes you're thinking about someone, they yeah. text you. Like, is that just total coincidence? It might be. But it also might be that there's some weird, hard to define, impossible to measure connection that we all share with each other. I think it's a beautiful way to look at it. I thought about that one day when I was just, you know, thinking about my dad. I was traveling and it made me think about thoughts and how thoughts are almost like messages we send out into the universe to just let somebody else know they're not alone. And maybe they grab them through some way, through some realm or portal and it's it's important to like conversation is so important because of that because it makes it reminds you of things and you draw associations i was talking about my father one day and you know john heffron yeah sure he sent me a message and it was while my dad was sick and i was just you know very upset about it and john was just like you know i went through the same thing that you did i want to let you know that like hearing is one of the last senses to go when people are are sick so just so you know that your dad can still hear you. And I had been afraid to call my dad during this whole process because I didn't want to know what he had forgotten. And so I, John sent me that message on a Sunday. And because he sent me that message, it made me think about my dad. And I was like, you know what? I haven't called him in so long. I'm just going to call him tonight. It was like four o'clock in the morning, East Coast time. He was in his, um, you know, the, the, what is it like hospice what's the last place that people go is it like the nursing home is usually like right before people are are, are passing i think it's like a nursing home well nursing homes certainly are a place where a lot of people yeah wind up passing i think that's he went from memory care facility to the nursing home and i called the night nurse and, and my dad couldn't talk at that point but because i said something and john thought about it and sent me this dm i'd never met him before and that dm made me want to call my dad and i and i called the night nurse it was like four o'clock in the morning in, in syracuse new york and i go i know my dad can't hear me right now but can you just tell him that i love him and i'm thinking about him and and I, karen i think her name was she said sure i can go in and i'll tell him i'll whisper it into his ear and that was about four o'clock and you know about what was at one o'clock here whatever the time difference is and so i fell asleep my sister calls me about 20 minutes later my dad passed away right after the nurse went in to tell him that. Whoa. And I can consider that a coincidence. Sure, we can chalk it up to a coincidence, or it could be what you're speaking about, where there is some sort of deep connection that we have that we can't express or articulate with words. Even though these words that were sent to me are the thing that motivated me to talk to my dad, there's something to the effect that there maybe there's something mystical going on. Maybe there's something that we're not meant to explain. Maybe the problem is the word mystical. Mm. The problem yeah. is that we're looking at it like it's some sort of a magic thing. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're calling bullshit because so many people pretend to have it and don't. And there's like, no real science to sort of back it up. There's zero. Yeah. And there's also been like the amazing Randy's put out a reward where James Randy, I think it's a million dollars if you can prove any psychic ability and no one's been able to win it. Well, how do you prove, how do you prove do things it. of the brain? You'd have to do it through, well, here's the thing. If it is, let's just, let's just go wild here. We need Neil deGrasse Tyson. If it Neil is emerging, he would never allow this. He would cut this off. <laughs> never allow this kind of he nonsense. He doesn't want the curtain behind it. <laughs> he would, he would entertain it in, with a scientific perspective, but if... You're looking at something like an emerging characteristic of human beings. Like, for instance, like we know that we used to be single-celled organisms. It's very unlikely that during the time we were single-celled organisms, like we could minutes. talk or we could feel or we could do interpretive dance. Okay, no one was writing books when we were single-celled organisms. So as these single-celled organisms become multi-celled organisms, become human beings, like things are getting more and more complex and more and more skills and more and more senses and more and more of an ability to manipulate their environment. 
and I think that it's only it only makes sense that it there there could be some non-local connection that we have to each other some way mm. without just touching or talking or through visual there's some sort of a connection that we have with each other that we just haven't evolved yet it's on the way it's coming it's coming and that's why we long for it that's why we're really interested in psychics we're really interested in palm people that know the future not just because we want to know what the future is we want some sort of a a, a feeling of 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 hope and interconnectivity. Uh, yeah, but it's not it's not just that. It's also that I think we know there's something to it. Well, there's I think we know there's something there's something grander beyond just this physical existence that we have. And then it brings up the whole conversation about the creation or existence and introduction of consciousness. Consciousness. When does that come into the picture? When did it come into the picture, right? Yeah. When was the first thing conscious? And what is consciousness? Is it just sentience? Is it just being aware and looking out for yourself? Because then deer are conscious. Are, are rats conscious? Because it seems they're pretty conscious too. It seems like there, I think there's a spectrum to consciousness. Right. And, and I think that one that we're talking about is the beyond, you know, that mm -hmm. like consciousness that next, it, level. It, next level where yeah, it's got to go somewhere, right? It's got to go somewhere. I mean, Look at our brains. Our brains are these, our brains are like a universe in of itself and it's, they're in the darkness until death. I mean, you can't yeah. even, there's no way to really, besides like graphs and everything, to really understand the workings of the brain. I mean, it's firing, all this electricity is going right. off and these little teeny molecules are doing jobs and there's and like, like. we said earlier, sometimes it works great and sometimes it's dog shit. Yeah. yeah. It's really wild. Same person. It's really, it's, yeah. it's so, it's so crazy. And then there's like this thing that happens in the brain and in the body, this like immune response where they send out this molecule. It's almost like a Paul Revere of molecules where it lets all the other uh, molecules in the body know that some shit's about to go down. Mm. It's like, an, it's like a, it's like an, a warning. Right. Like adrenaline. Like, like adrenaline a warning spike. response. Yeah. But like li yeah. little teeny. There's actual yeah. little microscopic things that are doing these jobs. Yeah. Who, what the fuck? How do what they start the their fuck? day? Right. Are they waking up like Joe Rogan and going working out know. for an hour? You don't even know they're there. No, you don't even know they're That's why I fucking talk to them, bro. Dude, I get it. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. I was, I was joking around, but also being serious. Like what you were saying you could do for plants. I, why, not, why wouldn't you do it for yourself? Why wouldn't you? I mean. Self-help. Everything is yeah. made up of things we can't see. Self-love, right? Self-love is yeah. the most important thing you can express. And I think... Yeah, if you don't love yourself, that's, why, why That's where the breakdown else? in the chain is. You know, we're talking about... This whole podcast, we've been talking about, like, trauma and pain. And, and along that lifetime, what determines one person becoming a Joe Rogan or a Joey Diaz or even, you know, somebody who goes on to become a politician or doctor, whatever it is, what determines them going from that direction to people who are committing crimes and, and yeah for sure it, there's something on a on a microscopic cellular level that is determining these things and and self-love is is a a tool to use to sort of i think help help you put yourself on the trajectory of a positive life mm -hmm. yeah no i agree but i think it's just it's hard for people to just ch change gears, right? It's hard for people who aren't healthy to be healthy. It's hard for people who don't eat well to eat well. It's hard for people who are kind of lazy to get their shit together and be disciplined. You're going to get tired, you know? And if you're that person that automatically seeks comfort 
and nothingness all the time anyway. It's going to be hard for you. Yeah, it's going to be really hard. And yeah. what are your what are your reinforcements? And what are you reinforcing? This is where I think events are very um, there's amazing opportunity in events. And this is a big event. What do you I mean, mean? Events mm -hmm. like this pandemic. Okay, I was thinking of terrible, like Bonnaroo. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. I took it because I miss Southwest. it. I miss like you know events and going yeah. out. But oh, I get it. I yeah. see what you're saying. This pandemic. This moment in time where everything stops. And there's we're like, okay, like, have you watched any television since then and see people without masks and see people hugging and shaking hands? And you go, ah, ah, right? Already. We've only been on lockdown for a month or so. And already we freak out when we see people hold hands in movies. We see people kiss people they barely know. You're like, that bitch can have the It's COVID. changing behavior. Yeah, it's, it's that's weirding scary. us out. It is, it is scary because this is what I've been telling people forever when it comes to places like China. People are like, I can't believe that China's this military dictatorship in 2020. Yeah, and if you're not careful, that could happen here. Oh, absolutely. That can happen anywhere. If, if you're lazy enough. But it's here's we, we have to understand this. If it exists anywhere, it, it, it can exist here. And we get all complacent in this idea that that could never happen to us and we're too fucking smart. Do you know how many people are rethinking their thoughts on safety, on security, on guns, on, on the food chain, the food supply chain? People are rethinking just basic survival well, right that, now. Well, that's scary. Yeah. And it becomes that sort of desperation factor. And uh, the is, isn't this like we were talking about, um, you know, us being so comfortable? We're due for some shit. Well, this is it. I mean, this we're is the, due for some destruction. This is a trial run because this ain't <laughs> shit compared to a big earthquake or, 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 or if an asteroid hits. Like, there's a big asteroid that's flying by. It's a mile wide, and it's gonna fly by Earth soon. A mile wide. Do you know what a mile wide piece of rock from space would do if it hit us? It's it's a planet ender. I would think it would it would leave a dent or two. <laughs> it's a planet ender. It's it, that, maybe that's the silver over. lining. Maybe the silver lining is that we're getting a little bit of a taste of what a real you know, more devastating global pandemic looks like. And that's going to be the deciding factor on our preparations for something in the future occurring. Yeah, they didn't know, but now they do. So now that they do, there better be plans in place for all those other possibilities, like the super volcano, like yeah, we better, the asteroid impacts. We better re reintroduce the pandemic department and get those fuckers their yes. job back. Yeah, well, we don't even know if they really went away. We're, I mean, yeah, we're maybe both they're, morons, they're, let's be honest. <laughs> We shouldn't rude, even be talking about this. Rude. Come on, you know you're a moron. Rude, I'm but a moron. accurate. It is very accurate. I'm a fucking moron. You're a moron. I too. am a moron. We're all we're yeah, all morons. I love, I love you. You're a great moron. I love you too. Um, but this this is now we understand that the way things have been is not necessarily the way things always will be. And things oh, definitely get, not. Things can get a whole lot weirder. So we should be fucking careful. We and, should be careful, but we should also be grateful. I think this is a silver. The, the silver lining, hopefully, will be us learning how to prepare a little bit more and, and, you know, not argue and debate over these stupid things that don't fucking matter. Right, but I think the reason why we're going on and on about stupid shit was because we didn't have something like this because life was too easy. Yeah, well, shit, it's never good. Complacency breeds contempt, right? And that's, yeah. on a global scale, scale that's detrimental. Bleed, oh, yeah. Contempt. Yeah, that as well. Complacency, what does it breed? Um, complacency is it? Did I just make up a cliche? Complacency makes fat asses, um, and well, not the pH kind. Complacency is a dangerous thing. Does anybody say pH fat anymore? That's not real anymore, right? That's not fat. A thing. That yeah, was like, like fat, I think that like died in like the nineties. How dare you? Are we googling? 
Because contempt was the first thing. Failure. Failure. Mediocrity. Complacency breeds mediocrity or contempt. Oh, interesting. So familiarity breeds contempt and complacency. Everything is breeding contempt. But that's, we're, a bunch but, of contempt breeders We're out there. familiar with our complacency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we need to know what's important, and I think now we have a better sense of it. So Hopefully. the real question is w- whether or not we can learn. Because people are good at adjustments when they have to make adjustments, but then when things slide back, they get this sort of the thing we were talking about earlier, where you don't want to look at all the possibilities because you will freak out, especially if you're doing edibles. Hell yeah! Right? I've and been then, staring away, staring away from the edibles. I mean, I have been doing the blunts, but I think people will change when their livelihood and survival threatened. Yes. But will they change to protect themselves, or will they change Hopefully. to? A, a, adapt a new way of life to protect the greater good because I want to be on an earth of people who are protecting human race, not Bob Johnson. You Who's, know what I mean? Oh, not an individual. Right, because yeah. it, it's then we're just back at square one. Well, the the if you look at the history of people, we're doing way better now than we were before. Right, we keep doing. There's obviously been some peaks and valleys and some mistakes, and we're also aware that you can kind of navigate the future intelligently. And if you navigate the future intelligently, you make less and less mistakes. I think we just now have to reassess the nature of our momentum, the nature of uh, the society that we're creating and what, what we're trying to do, and also the impact that we're having. I know this is not sustainable for people to not work and stay home for months. It's not sustainable. I'm well aware. No. But it's also amazing for the Earth. Oh. If you you look at this, the pictures they've taken about the sky above L.A. I mean, I went on a hike early on. I could see all the way to like Pasadena. It smells different. It does. It doesn't smell it smells like different. butt and, and yeah. gasoline. It doesn't smell. It doesn't smell like you're being poisoned by a little bit, a little bit, and you are. It's not Absolutely. the same as smoking. It's not the same as smoking, but it's right. Right next door. And that environmental stress, that constant exposure to environment, environmental stress, I mean, that affects yeah. your mood. That affects we, your health. We've got to all move out into the rural area we and do. ruin that. I, well, That's what we got to do. we got to oh, ruin man. that and Where turn the it into Where the fuck are we going to go? Where are we, we going to go? we got to go on another planet with Biden and, and L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> People in South Dakota right now are going, stay out of here. <laughs> Get out. People in Arizona are like, fuck. Fuck, I know. Arizona's going to be the new L.A. I mean, we're all going to have to move there. Arizona, you can have a gun. It's easy to get a gun. Cheap house. Yeah, cheap house. You Uh, just have to watch out for the cactus that shoot needles at you. You're literally living inside of Satan's dick for three months out of Mm -hmm. the year, though. For three months out of the year, it's 145,000 degrees. It's a brutal existence. People aren't meant to live in the desert. Everything's dry, crispy, and trying to kill you. You ever hear the noises at night? It's yeah. like, what was that creature? Coyotes and rattlesnakes, and occasionally they have jaguars. You know, that's one of the the rare places in North America, outside of Mexico, that we occasionally see jaguars. Wow. Yeah, they have jaguars that have been spotted on uh, trail cams. And the biologists, these wildlife biologists, watch it very carefully because there's never been a really strong, at least there's no real history of a really strong uh, supply of jaguars in this country. It's primarily a 
Central and South American uh, animal as well as a Mexican animal. Is it but, something that got loose from Joe Exotic's park? No, it's a real, real fucking jaguar that made its way from Mexico. I mean, its habitat is like just yeah. deteriorating, and it's cruising around Arizona. That's wild. It's a fu- It picked a shit spot. Oh. Like the, the the fucking imagine being a jaguar and you're dealing with the drug trade. Like you think you're the number one problem. And then there's these cartels that are sneaking in coke and just fucking shooting at you. You're like, shit, I thought I was running things out here. And then you got a cousin who's like a cousin jaguar who lives up in Oregon. He's like, bro, you got to come up here. There's so many trees. It's nice. You can breathe. Look at this motherfucker wandering around. I think I have that tattooed on me. So see the skin down there in the middle side where they're they're looking at? That's Yeah, they found out that this one jaguar that they had been spotting on trail cameras had been killed in Mexico. And what, turned into a fucking rug? (sighs) They turned him into a rug, yeah. Uh, How he, do you feel about that? As somebody who hunts all these, like, uh, oh my god, look at the teeth! I know. Open that! Wow! Look at, look at that! Wow! Holy shit, that's insane! That's what women see right before men go down on them. Oh my god! That's what it looks like. Dude, that picture is amazing. That's beautiful. You that should is, frame that shit. I need that picture. The in my, colors in my office, right, Jamie? We need it on metal. That's beautiful. Get that, please. Is it, it. is it a take a screenshot right now? Find that. That I needs to be in the studio. Stumbled across it. It oh looks like god. it's in a habitat. Don't though. lose it. Don't lose it. It Jaguars looks like it's are an returning. enclosure. That is probably a Republican website. Look, Jaguars are returning to Southern Arizona. You see That's it biting. So, yeah. <gasps> Look at the size of that fucker. But it's, like, in a, it's in a it's in an a encampment. Yeah, that's in a zoo. But that's but just still look at the size of that fucker. Look at this lady. They're like two hundred pounds. Those those fucking cats. They're big. Wow. Yeah, they're big. They're solo hunters, right? Well, when you trip balls, apparently in the uh, in the Amazon, when the guys do ayahuasca in the Amazon, they see jaguars. Like and a the, jaguar entity comes to you? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You see, like, jaguar spirits. You in need your, to get away out of your own shelf. I just think... I don't know why it was... <laughs> I don't know why you did that voice. <laughs> but I think um, it was a really interesting theory about why that is. And the, the theory is that the more people take a psychedelic drug, the more their experience and who they are becomes a part of the psychedelic experience for the next person Whoa, it goes back it. to that consciousness. Right, so when these people are tripping on ayahuasca in a place where they've been tripping on ayahuasca for 10,000 years, they see things that these people who've tripped before them were terrified of, like snakes, oh, God. And jaguars, and, and fucking dragons that come from the sky. Have you yeah. done ayahuasca? Only done DMT. Which is the the chemical version of ayahuasca? I haven't done. So it's thing. like synthetic. You don't throw up and you don't shit your pants and it only lasts twenty minutes. Well, that's not fun. <laughs> I want to shart and not have to explain myself. Um, I'm very interested in doing it. I just had to, I would have to carve away the time to get ready for it and also uh, make sure I'm doing it with someone who's a reputable person. It's yeah. Just, and then the problem is that it's. It's not legal, so it should be legal. It I have, be I have legal. a friend who's really working on. But what I mean, that. it's not legal, so you don't. You, you never know what you're getting. You have to get through word of mouth. You know, you have to trust people. It's always sketchy. It's always sketchy. When whenever you're dealing with anything, whether it's mushrooms or any LSD, if anything you, that if affects the brain. Yeah, well, if someone's offering you some in, incredibly potent thing, and you don't have a chain of command, you don't you don't have a lab this came from, yeah. you don't know, like. When you get into the world of psychedelic drugs, it becomes very fucking weird. You have Be- to tread lightly. You, can't, you, don't you have to know. tread very, very there's lightly. No, there's, you, there's, no, there's no FDA. There's no FDA. <laughs> there's no FDA yes. for it. And so you're, you're right. You're dependent upon these people who are doing these journeys and trips in their homes. My friend Jackie Stang has a really cool um, psychedelic platform. It's, I think it's called Meet Delic. And, and she promotes um, healthy ways to have a journey. And her, the one thing she says, because I've talked to her about it, and I'm like, I want to do it, but I'm scared. She always says safety first. 
Like mm. it's so yeah, important to, a, to be you need safe. A sitter. You need a sitter. You need a sitter and, yeah. and the environment needs like you said, the environment needs to be right. I've never done it, but I would only go off of someone like that who is like, you know, knows the steps. Well, you know, we were talking earlier about people that try to get away from the trauma of childhood. And one of the better ways that people have found is through psychedelic therapy. And psychedelic therapy through MDMA has helped a lot of soldiers. And MAPS is currently working on some studies doing that. But also people that have taken psychedelic mushrooms have had great relief from some of the pain that they've had when they were younger. Because it kind of can rewire the way your brain works. Now, what's fucked up about it is th this book is uh, Chaos. Greg Fitzsimmons' buddy wrote it, Tom O'Neill. And he came in and, uh, and he worked on this book for 20 years. I've talked about it too many times, so I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes. But it's basically Does that say Charles that, Manson? Yes. It's all, it's all about the 60s and the CIA doing LSD studies and running L and giving LSD to hippies, giving LSD to people to try to change their memory, giving LSD to people to try to make them do things and have no memory of it after they did it. There's a connection between the CIA's LSD study and Jack Ruby, the guy who killed Lee Harvey Oswald and shot him in that iconic photograph. Sirhan Sirhan, the guy who killed Robert F. Kennedy. All these guys are connected to this psychedelic study, including Charles Manson. There was I mean, a, if there there's was ever a, a face ran, of someone who's doing drugs. They ran a clinic in the 1960s, and all till this book came out. They ran, CIA ran a fucking free clinic in Haight-Ashbury, and it closed down three months after this book came out. It was They were running it for decades. Some shady shit. Well, these CIA Using people doctors, and controlling them? Well, they were, they were giving people some sort of psychedelic therapy, or they were studying them and giving them psychedelics, or they were doing something. Or using them to motivate. And they were doing something to people yeah. with LSD, and they were they were letting Manson out of jail over and over again. He would get arrested, he would violate his parole, they'd let him out again. He was a part of their program. They wanted him to do fucked up shit. They wanted him to like do they're researching him like a no, guinea pig. They wanted to, they wanted to use him most likely to disrupt the anti-war movement. So he represented hippies now. So everybody was terrified of. Oh, hippies. so they were trying to put a bad face on hippies and make them crazy so that they appeared crazy. But meanwhile, they're the ones. Creating no, they were the make, crazy. They were making him crazy. Yeah, they were creating the crazy. Well, well, he was in the he was in jail for most of his life, like literally half of his life. This he spent is fucking federal mind penitentiary. Oh, I'm doing a terrible job of it. But if you listen to the audiobook or you read the book, and the book has like sixty pages of citations and references explaining all the stuff that is absolutely provable about what he's saying. Who about, funded it? Henry Asslinger? Well, no, it's <laughs> Harry Anslinger. <laughs> Whatever his last That's, fucking name is. No. Um, but it's a great book. But it's, it's about that. It's about rewiring someone's brain with LSD and that Manson learned how to do this while he's in prison through this CIA study. And then when he gets out, within two years, he got out in 67. By the time 69 comes along, Sharon Tate's dead. They're all living in the mansion. He's gotten people murder people and write pig on the wall. All this while he's giving them acid. He's giving them acid and pretend to take it, not taking it, or taking just a little and changing Doing the like way. Doing like placebo effects? No, on? no, he wasn't taking it. So mm. he was pretending he was oh. taking it so he could fuck with them. And so that they're taking acid and he's programming them, getting them to have orgies, getting them to do crazy shit, murdering people. Like he literally was a part of this program. And you can prove it by all the times he's been released from jail, all of his connections with those guys who worked for the CIA at the time and were doing those LSD studies, all the Jesus. stuff because of the Freedom of Information Act. It's all been proven. They did this thing called MK Ultra, where they, they, tr they did mind control experiments on people in the 60s. It ended in like 1973 when the guy who was running the program died. But they were, they were, they were <laughs> dosing people up with acid. They were doing wild shit. 
Safety, kids. Safety. They had whorehouses that the CIA ran and dosed the Johns up with acid. They thought they were going in to get laid, and they had a two-way mirror, and these guys would be like fucking sipping tea, watching these people take acid and have sex with prostitutes. Dude, that's it's a fucking nightmare. Like that sounds like a nightmare. This is what happens. The chaos I feel inside when people get power. In control, you you can justify almost anything. And one of the things you can justify is you can justify taking a guy who's just looking to get his dick sucked, and you put him a, in a situation where you're dosing him up with acid, and you're studying him like a rat, and he has no idea you're studying him. He has no idea what happened. You're breaking this poor guy's brain. What happened? Well, Harry came home one day and he just saw demons. He started yelling. He was in the backyard. He starts shooting his gun. Next thing you know, no more Harry. Meanwhile, she doesn't know Harry got dosed up with LSD because on the way home, he'd scrape together a little money. Let's just give him a little rub and tug real quick. And he goes into this place and like, have a drink. Sit down. He drinks and all of a sudden, do, 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 do. 12 hours later, Harry comes out. He has no idea what happened. There's no memory of it, but he's a different person now. And they broke his brain. Is that like what happens when people think they're being abducted? Maybe they just were on the CIA program and they were all fucked up at night? Could be. God, for that's, sure, that that's would be such a, an abuse of, of power and in, 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 in really an invasion of rights. It's just, well, if you give people power and you don't have anybody standing over them that tells them what to do, and especially if you're doing something in secret, right? If you're doing things in secret, do you ever hear that famous Kennedy speech about secret societies? It's really interesting. I don't think I have. It's really interesting because he was, he was struggling with the CIA and a bunch of other secret sort of institutions and mm-hmm. government back then and secret societies. And he w- was talking about how abhorrent it is to, to withhold information, how dangerous it is. But this is sort of one of the reasons why it makes sense. Like if you give people the power, just experiment on these young kids, just dose them up with acid. Just let's experiment on prisoners. Let's just go to these prisoners. Look at this guy. He's been in jail for 12 years. He's a fucking loser. Let's just give him acid. Let's see what happens. see if you can talk him into believing he's Jesus. With no recovery program, no no regard for their person. It's so destructive. It's, 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 that's really just... Yeah, this was one of, the things, one of the things in the book that Jamie was freaked out about. He claimed to have achieved the impossible. He knew how to replace true memories with false ones in human beings without their knowledge. Well, I mean, most memories are false, but without, that's without detailing, without detailing the specific incidents, he put it in layman's terms, it's been found to be feasible to take the memory of a definite event in the life of an individual and through hypnotic suggestion, bring about subsequent conscious recall to the effect that this event never actually took place but that a different fictional event actually did occur. Jesus. He had done it, he claimed, by administering new drugs effective in speeding the induction of the hypnotic state and in deepening the trance that can be produced in given subjects. It sounds like whoever did hypnosis on you did the opposite of that. Yeah, they did bad hypnosis. That's, that's really so, so evil. That was, his, that was his job. His name was Jolly West, and he did this for decades. And this is a government program. Yeah, he's apparently he's a really friendly guy. <laughs> it's hard to not have people conspiracies. Over acid. Like, well, that's... for sure, if you want to go to those conspiracies, they were they were real. I mean, they are provable. I mean, that is just so it's demonic. Oh, look it, it's, at this. It sounds like it sounds like we're reading a like a movie. Plot. Look at this. The National Security Archives in Washington, D.C. I found the version of the psychophysiological studies of hypnosis and suggestibility that the CIA turned over to the Senators uh, Senators Kennedy and Inouye in 1977. West's name and affiliation were redacted as expected, but the CIA's version was also shorter 
and watered down in comparison. This is because he found two different documents. He found one in the CIA's uh, warehouse, and then he found another one um, that was uh, the one that had been redacted. West documents was 14 pages. This one was five, including a cover page. Most glaringly, there was no mention of West's triumphant accomplishment, the replacement of the memory of a definite event in the life of an individual with a fictional event. So the CIA's papers had a different account that showed that he could change people's memories, and then the one that was all redacted and edited didn't have that in it. And these are people who are still, there are still people who are like that, who are running government and are, who are in politics, who are, who are in charge of passing laws like that. Well, here's the it question. It goes though. so deep. Here's, here's, it does go deep. But here's the question. Should... The, 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 all that stuff is horrendous, right? All that stuff's horrendous. Experimenting on American civilians and and, and fucking with dosing somebody's people. mind. Yeah, well, breaking people's you're, minds you're, too. You're, you're, you're like causing schizophrenia. Oh, 100%. If you're inclined towards it, those events absolutely do contribute to schizophrenic breaks. That's been proven, and it's not just proven. It's like they've actually talked about that. That's that Eric, Alex Berenson stuff that he talked about with marijuana, which is 100% true. In some people, especially with high doses of edibles, they have psychotic breaks. It happens to people. Yeah. They get schizophrenic. They they, they blow fuses. Yeah. It does happen. It happens I, I know temporarily of, in, 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 I know of people. Yeah. I know of people, multiple people that mm -hmm. have had real problems. I think there's some people that have a sort of a slippery grasp on reality in the first place, and then they start smoking a little weed, get a little too crazy and with reckless it. with it, yeah, mm -hmm. and go deep, go deep, wake and bake every day. Wrong, you're hanging out with the wrong people too, and it's the wrong environment, and yeah. or even worse, you're hanging out with no people because you're on quarantine, just getting right. high. You don't have any community, like it, that, that. That that's why it's so important to have like good people in your life that can get you out of those zones because yeah. it's all that is is like a deep dark mental zone and if you don't have a lifeguard on hand yeah you're gonna you're gonna drown in your own mental ocean dude that's but that shit is horrendous and then all those bad ideas are mental ocean sharks and yeah and, and and i doubt they're replacing bad memories with good ones i doubt they're like hey remember that time your uncle touched you at the reunion here's you winning Flowers. an olympic gold <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what the memories were that they implanted in the people oh to cr to create manson mm. i mean well they i know they definitely have taken prisoners and convince the prisoner they committed a crime that they couldn't possibly have committed. People you know what have done this that sounds like? Through, through horrendous interrogation and torture. <sighs> They've actually convinced people that they did something when they didn't do it. Well, that's how they persuade people to, you know, to uh, confess. Yeah. And, and they lead people. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? What we're talking about? Westworld. Yes. It's exactly what it sounds like. Well, what we're... Recreating memories and... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, oh, get, we're going towards that way. <laughs> In Westworld. We're going to be. If we're not yet, I mean, Elon thinks we're there right now. Elon thinks we're Elon Musk thinks we're in some sort of a simulation. He wants to know what's beyond the simulation. Wasn't well, there a percent? I mean, even Neil deGrasse says there's a percent. Yeah, Neil of a possibility. I like Neil deGrasse. Neil deGrasse. I love him. I have, such a, I have such a crush on him. I'm a mm. sapiosexual. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. I remember there was a lady who got a, elected to something. They're like, she's the first pansexual politician openly pansexual politician what's pansexual oh you love everybody you just a hoe <laughs> you're, just out there, you're just out there rude just having a party but fun yeah hey listen i'm not knocking being a hoe that sounds like fun maybe i should I'm that just should be my that reincarnation hoe, i think she basically is allowed to be attracted to everything that's all joking aside i think uh, that must be exhausting Maybe, maybe it's not sounds kind of great maybe though. she can go back and forth from men to women but she doesn't consider herself a lesbian 
She's, she's not just, bisexual. She's, she's just pansexual. who she, she's just alive. What's she's pans, living. What is that? What does pansexual mean? No, I think you're right. I think they love Let's everyone. Google Let's Google. I want to know what the Urban it's Dictionary the... says because it's the only way you're going to get a definition. Oh, it's a true. That's a true defi- definition. <laughs> like, is, you pan, love... is pansexual a real thing? I mean, Let's is that guess. Established. I'm going to say you love, you love all walks of identity. You like straight people. You like gay people. You like lesbians. You mm, like post-surgery okay. transsexuals. Not limited in sexual choice with regard to biological sex, gender, or gender identity. Exactly. Oh well, that just means you can be sexual with a trans person, a straight Anybody. person, or a gay person. That sounds so basically a very a open person. She's a hippie. A lover. Yeah, she's out there doing acid. And it's a lover. People. She's part Equal of the Equal opportunity blowjobber. The Manson did. That's what they did. They were all that pansexual. I don't know if that's pansexual or more of a control. I don't know if they were all pansexual. I think you're born that way. I think it'd be, unless you had the CIA replacing that? your memories. Why would you think people were born that way? Because Lady Gaga told me. <laughs> <laughs> that was for my sister, Emily. She's such a Lady Gaga fan. I love my sister. She's got two <sighs> kids, a husband. She has Lady Gaga as her screensaver on her phone. Why not? Why Fuck not? It. It's going to be that or a cat. <laughs> Or Kenny Chesney. Her dog's name is Chesney. That's hilarious. <laughs> Kenny Chesney. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it must be great just to love everybody. Yeah, why not? I'm pansexual Look, listen, in my approach around, to life. I joke around about it and I'll mock it, but I'm going to mock everything. There's things are out there, they're going to get mocked, but it doesn't mean it's not great. We should be able to mock everything, yes 100%. or no? hundred percent. Because the people don't want to be mocked. Anything that you can't make fun of is bullshit. It's bullshit. bullshit. And it doesn't want to be made fun of because it's afraid of its truth being revealed. Yes. Okay, that creepy dude who says he can pray away the COVID. Oh, yeah. That guy. <laughs> he blows on it. <laughs> COVID, I, blow you away. I renege you from my life. I rebuke you. When the lady uh, confronts him, the lady reporter confronts him and asks him if he thinks that poor people are demons. Goes, I did not say that. His eyes? They got crazy. She asked him if poor people were, de- were demons and yeah. he looked the most demonic I've ever seen a human look. The most. I did not say that. And knowing there's a camera there. Look, oh. at, him. look at him. He looks like uh, he looks like a f- he looks like that thing from Saw. He looks like you would have to fight him to the death if you saw him in your house. Fuck that guy. That guy's the devil. That's the irony of people like this. He uses people's need and want to belong and be understood for his own gain. Look at that suit. You think it's a fucking polyester suit? Do you know how on edge you'd be if that guy was like that in your living room? And he was, he was screaming and yelling and pointing at you in your living room. You'd be like, oh my God, we're fighting to the death. Can you imagine? That's what you would think. You're dating his daughter and you're going to meet him. And he's, <sighs> you walk in the house, right? Well, that's, his back I feel like is I would you. just leave the house. <laughs> but wait. I like it when he's in my house because I don't have to kill him. But you. See, point, go to the upper left when he's pointing at her. That one right there. Look at that. Oh, don't you say that. Look at his say pupils. That. He looks like if Disney, instead of making like the presidents, like those puppets at the at um, Epcot Center, they made a demon. Look at those white knuckles. Look how tight he's squeezing his fist. His hand looks like a, a, a old degraded version of an AI. They just are like, well, fuck it. We're not going to fix it. Let's just put this hand on him and just send him back out into the world. No, the hand is a real age. That's where everything his, else yeah. has been doctored up. They You're doc- right. They doctored up his mug. He forgot to get a 150 years old. There's no hand jobs other than the regular kind. He needs to get go to his dermatologist <laughs> and get a peel on that to show his. That's the demon coming out. That's how old the demon is. <laughs> Look, it's all hairy and shit. But what would you do seriously if he walked in and his back was to you and he just turned around? He's like shaking a martini and he looked at you. You'd, you'd in run my away. House? Yeah. It depends on whose house. If it's in his house, his I house, leave. I leave. leave. I get the fuck out of there. Do you think I he? Get out quick. Do you think he makes love? Pardon me, sir. Does he make love or hate fuck his wife? 
It probably gets fucked only by dudes, and they probably come in buses. They probably come on out with like executioner masks <laughs> on. <laughs> And they, just, they just run trains on him. What's his Look name? That face. Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland. The Kenneth Copeland. I mean, it sounds like a. Have you seen the video of him yelling at composer? the composer? Yes. Oh, you, yeah, play it. Play it. I yeah, haven't seen it in a hot minute. So we we we'll get pulled off of YouTube if we actually play it, and people other oh, than us can hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's their content. But oh my God, that's yeah, when he's rebuking COVID. Who's the other dude? That's his guy who's giving him it mm, in the bunghole on Sunday mornings, Lord. giving him the so. lowered. I'm picturing large Samoan characters. <laughs> what, like Jason Momoa, but like worse? Way bigger. Yeah, but big, thick, thick he's, guys. That are <laughs> just savages, just ready to lay pipe on oh, that so dude. Oh, so he's a bot. You're calling him a bottom, okay. <laughs> 100%. If I had to guess, not there's anything wrong with that choice. Not at I all. I respect that choice. Yeah, absolutely. Live your life. Do you, no. girl. I just think that anybody who's doing that. Look, I don't necessarily think it should be illegal to rip people off and demand money and for a jet from poor people i don't think it should be illegal but, but if be you think, honest yeah if you think that you can't be mocked for doing that someone can't ask you a question because you did say that you don't want to be on a plane with all those demons you know like that's why he has a private plane because the regular people are demons yeah of and course so this lady's like did you really say that and he's like, i did not say that <laughs> like come on man like you actually said it it's like the same thing with joel austin you know they're just they've he's got that le- way same less gloss, crazy though way less crazy but they have a similar like gloss about them but joel olstein is happy that guy's out there is he fuck yes same fucking face no no no. it should be he's because they're like joel olstein is not like him joel olstein's legit that guy he's crazy he thinks poor people are demons well if you have you don't think joel thinks the same no i think if you're you're gauging them if there's a graph of like worst ever preacher to best ever preacher somewhere along the line there's got to be a really good person that's a preacher that really is following the word of Christ and is doing it the right way, and is if they do get money, they are giving it away to charity. There's got to be. So you think Joel's on the better end of that? He's closer to that side than, that than guy. he is to this. The fucking there's Joel. There there's you go. fucking Joel's Kanye. Up there with Kanye. Okay, already Jesus is done. King, so I'm shut sorry. the fuck up. I'm Why don't you just read? No. Jesus is king. <laughs> Bro, he sells tickets where you can only look at his ass. They probably cost a thousand bucks. Look, there's there's tickets behind him. Look how many people are there. Oh, God sells. Sex and God sells. Like, if comedy's done, I'm going to God. And look at the people that sit behind their ass. There's, like, so many people that they stuffed people on the stage with them. That is so wild. And this is is another example of people needing and going towards love. And I'm sure there's obviously a benefit to this. Look at the size of that place. It's just, it's another level of religion that I don't quite understand and my mind can't grasp it because it feels like it's it's teetering a little bit further away from religion and going into something else another realm that is the opposite of what religion's meant to be well it's finance it's a business that's yeah. what, that's what i mean if you if you're selling out that big of a place and you're getting donations from those people too like how many of those people are tithing how many of those people are giving 10% if you if you have 30,000 people giving you 10% oh my goodness but are you balling so you're like paying you're paying God essentially, so it makes God appear like a like a like a mafia, like a member of the mafia. You're no, like, no, no, no. You treat me good, I'm gonna give you some money. Just protect me. It's the, basically like a mafia member. I think the idea is that these guys in this are scenario, the, the more baller these guys are, the more they represent God's word, and God's word has allowed him to get a jet and a Rolls Royce, and look at this mansion that's paid for by God's word. God is good. God, God is wants good. me to have it. 
and then people see that and it's like sort of they get they get pumped up. They're like, God is good. Look what God's done to Brother Joel. And Joel's up there Joel. balling out of control. Joel Rolls looks, Royces and private jets. He's just so, I don't know why his face is so taut. Is Jesus hanging on to his ears and, and riding Joel like a, like Seabiscuit and, and directing him? Because his face is very intense. He's just on point focused. And that's how you sell a fucking arena, woman. He's Jesus running Christ. towards God. Girls are always worrying about what the guy looks like. The guy's selling out arenas with Jesus' word. He's reading a book that was written 2,000 years ago. He didn't even write it. He's reading it out there, giving these sermons, and he's bawling. <laughs> Look how happy he is. He's like, I'm not even going to get my teeth bleached. Fuck he's it. He's laughing. 50,000 people a week, it says he has. Great. How much money is that? How That's a lot. That's a lot plus, of money. Plus millions. On, I mean, on the internet. He's like yeah. the Chappelle of <laughs> even bigger sermons. He dwarfs us all. He dwarfs wow. Kevin Hart. He dwarfs everybody. Well, For hopefully in terms he's of like attendance. Love. Hopefully yes. people are getting what go. they need from that. There you go. But he looks fucking crazy. What is uh, his sermons like? Have you ever listened to them? Oh no, no. But I mean, he must. He's filling up the sixteen thousand seat arena about three times if fifty thousand people a week are getting in there. So that's good lord, quite a few. Well, after the UFC was at T-Mobile, I think. I think the UFC seats 22,000 at T-Mobile, somewhere around that range. And he was there. He was there like after us. <laughs> he does 22,000 people in Vegas. That's a strange shift of energy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, One you know, from a UFC to GOD, that's a strange yeah. shift. Have you ever had a show where it felt religious? A show? Yeah, for you where it was like it was so good and you were so tuned in that you got off stage and was like man that felt like i feel like god right now no i've had shows that feel surreal mm. but life feels surreal like, yeah yeah a my life feels very surreal but um no never like they felt religious it's because you're humble well i'm you as humble as i can complex. be to do and still do what i what i do <laughs> like you have to have a certain amount of uh, belief in yourself yeah to be able to do things either on camera or on stage or, you know, in the moment. you you got to have a certain amount of belief in yourself. I feel like all comedians are insecure narcissists, but you teeter on this line of... I don't, I don't have... You're the only friend I have as a male who... You're really well balanced in that area. Like, your ego... I've never seen you lose your shit, and you you treat everybody the same. But well, you thanks. also, you also nice. respect your... That's very nice of you, but I definitely lost my shit. I'm sure. I can yeah. tell. I mean, you're you're tattooed from your knuckle to your clavicle. I'm sure there's some shit going on where you've lost. Yeah, for sure. But you, you also, uh, you respect your boundaries and, and you, you aren't afraid to be like, this is my space. I don't need you in it, but with a smile. Well, you got to be careful. In this town especially, there's so many people that weasel in, that try to weasel into your circle and be your friend and then start asking for things. And like, it's not subtle at all. Yeah, they're it's like, like sycophants. It happens so quick. It's like all of a sudden someone's hanging around that's friends with this guy and sees you places and then they wants to get your phone number and then he wants to talk to you about a project. It's like there's so many of them out here that are like trying to hustle their way into people's lives. But they're, they, don't you think like, I don't know about you, but I, I see them come a mile away. Yeah, but you do, but they're still around. Like it's it's in this town, especially when I was doing television stuff, like, oh, my God, television stuff is littered with these people because it's all about like making these connections with each other and, and the relationships that you have with studios and producers. Like everybody's sort of like working. around. So it's like everybody's like, can you introduce me to Tom? Tom at MGM. Do you know Tom? Do you just send him an email? Just an email, Tom. This is a great script. I'd really like to introduce it. to <laughs> <laughs> 
There's so many of those. There's so many people like that. It's, it's exhausting. It and is if you, exhausting. If you don't change your number every now and again, you'll get stuck with them. Like, I love that you do that. Gotta keep moving. I'm gonna ready to change it again. <laughs> I bet you are. I feel yeah. like you're due. I'm due. You I'm due. Are due. I should have changed it two months ago. I have two numbers, and I change them both now. It's smart. Yeah. And it also you then you you realize who you want to keep in your life. <laughs> Or yeah, who you at least want to communicate with and send your energy to. I can't imagine being like Tom Cruise. I can't imagine. Like someone is that. It sounds fa- like you like can. Impossible to imagine how you manage all that. I That's mean, why the guy's jumping off buildings. He's hoping he falls. You know what helps him manage it? Scientology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he to, manages it. We need to start a new cult. You is, and me. Is, so is, excuse my na- naiveness in this situation. Is the um, head man in Scientology still God or is it L. Ron Hubbard? Is there is the entity that I don't we're think it's, he's, he's not the head God? guy. I mean, they say things like to LRH and they fucking salute him and shit. But I think they think of him as like a guy who just sort of like brought them the word, and then the word is the true origin story of human beings with the Thetans, and they were frozen. They threw him into the volcano, and the so it's not necessarily go- the word of God. It's just the word of the aliens that he created yeah, it's in more, his books. It's, it's an alien thing. It's like <laughs> I think to to paraphrase it. And butcher it. I think the idea is that you are like using this shell and then you have this thing that's inside of you that really has come from like other galaxies and it was released here and now it's trapped inside your body or God. some fucking wacky shit. People but the writing believe that? dude, the writing's so bad. You need to read <laughs> I can't wait to watch Battlefield Earth. Ooh, I Battle love a reason Earth to watch a movie. Cool. Please get high and do a simulcast. Please You'll have to tell Jessie me you'll have to give me I'm gonna Please. ask you some pointers after so just, I make sure I nail it. Just do it where it's just you and a bong and Battlefield Earth. That's what it should be called. <laughs> Me, a bong, and Battlefield Earth. And just, and just you videotape there. it. Yeah, you sitting there on the couch, crisscross applesauce, <laughs> bong, and every now and then you're like, oh my God, he just, hold on. You're like, this is so crazy. Movie is so wacky. But that movie is probably a million times better than the book. The book itself, like I'm telling you, his writing was so awful that it's confusing. It's like, how did he do this? And he even wrote, or he was quoted as saying, if you really want to make money, start a religion. Really quoted saying that. He would take pictures of him with, uh, he had a captain's jacket on, a bunch of medals he gave himself. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it sounds like mental illness. Dude, you have to read Going Clear. It's crazy. I didn't read it. I did the audio Did you listen to it? I listened to it. But, it's it's but still it's a, reading. It's amazing. I actually, Going Clear, I read at least one or two of the chapters. I actually sat down and read it, but most of it I listened to. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, can you realize, like, what he was? He was, like, this guy who was mentally ill who was trying to self-diagnose and then self-heal and then came up with this whole system of, like, Dianetics, this whole system of how to, like, manage your mind. And, 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 ma- and again, for some people, it actually is effective because it gives them a structure. Well, yeah, I was going to say, maybe, a, you know, the silver lining to his mania is that he managed his mania and then made fucking cash yeah but he's dead either way yeah yeah i mean that's that's who what gets we, his we who need gets to learn his, uh... oh who knows there's so much money who's, they, who's they, in that they, trust they're, they're like one of the number one real estate holders in all of los angeles it's creepy when you drive by their <laughs> the main building and psychiatry then... kills it's like i got a guy with a head <laughs> thing on electric have you ever seen that? Yes. Yeah, they the people that go into there, they don't even know they're going into a Scientology building. They think they're going in for some anti-psychiatry thing. It is it is a little, you know, the whole thing is misleading. 
The whole origin of it is misleading. Well, I mean, what is misleading? The guy probably believed everything he said. He's probably out of his fucking mind. If you really pay attention to who L. Ron Hubbard was, he seems like he was lying constantly. He was probably a maniac. Was he a result of the CIA no. chaos? No, he's pre this. He's before all that. <laughs> um, but uh, have you ever seen the interview where um, Tom Cruise is on with Matt Lauer on the Today Show? And Tom Cruise is mad that Brooke Shields is on psychiatric drugs. Yes, and he's like reaching out to her through, like he's yeah, he's saying yeah. how he can like what yeah, she yeah. needs to heal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's so intense, dude. He's he looks so zooted. Intense. He looks zooted on something. Look at his face. It's so intense. I just think he's very adamant about this particular aspect of the Scientology uh, belief system. And one of the things is they don't believe in psychiatric drugs. There's pretty gotta, sure. I'm pretty sure they don't believe in any of those, right? Is that? But but the conversation is so interesting. I wonder if you did like a personality trait test of the people who are followers of the Scientology religion. What the common denominator is amongst them? Dude, you really want to see something amazing? You oh, want to I see do. Tom Cruise's graduation speech? What was that that one where he stood on the podium and they gave him like the most amazing man of all time medal? They gave him a medal, like a gold medal. It's the size of a fucking hubcap and it's hanging around his neck like Flavor Flav. And he's standing, look at this. And somebody leaked this. It is fucking amazing. So the head guy of Scientology, that guy gets in front of him. They salute each other because they're in the fucking army. They hug like in a crazy, like they both probably came there. And then Tom Cruise goes up. They give him this gigantic dinner plate of a uh, a medal. And this this is like a, a pump-up speech. It's like a pump-up speech that was like a, a Scientology thing. Look at his medal. He won. Most awesome human of all time. And so he's standing there in front of this huge globe behind him. There's this huge image of the earth behind him. This huge seal. Freedom Medal of Valor, Valor, Valor. Freedom Medal of Valor. It's amazing. Most amazing person of all time medal. Based off of what? What the fuck ever, you hater. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everything with you is hate. <laughs> no, I'm just analyzing. But come on. Imagine how crazy you have to be to stand there in front of these people with this goddamn dinner plate hanging off of your neck. And then at the end, they salute to L. Ron Hubbard. They look, they look at the picture of him. They go to LRH. They do like this. It's amazing. It's a secret society there that's not There's secret. There's a photo. There's the photo of LRH. What's they, with they the decor? It looks like look the this. inside of look, they're Pavarotti's. Saluting. See that? Everyone gets up and salutes to LRH. Dude, he looks like the thing from Ghostbusters. Dude, I would. The I painting. Would, I would like to join just for fun. Hugo. Remember just that? See how much they can convince you. What is it? Vigo. Vigo. You know what I'm talking about. How much could they convince you if you had to live like a Scientologist? Like if you just said, like, look, I am going to do a thought experiment and I'm going to study all their work and I'm going to uh, be non-critical about all of this and I'm going to live my life by, and I'm going to do it for three years. <laughs> do you think people have tried to do that probably just like for fun on their own because they're so bored and just thought like, well, what would happen if they did and like yeah. what, what happens if they get caught? Yeah, but you would have to or, be Or there if they were the desperate. System. Yeah, you'd have to be in the system. What if they just want, that was like their last hope and they just were hoping it would help whatever issue they had? I'm sure that's happened both ways. How many people have looked at the success of Scientology though and going, I need to do something like this, but they never did? Probably oh, it's like a lot. with everything. Can oh. you? It's like a comedian looking at you, being like, "I fucking, I, I should. I wish I thought of that." <laughs> what being mentally ill, being able to talk all day? Well, just be. Well, no. I mean, you downplay yourself, but you know your your topics and your jokes. I'm. It's the same shit. No, I got lucky in that there's an actual job for something that I just. I'm. This, now I, it just fits in with my rambling curiosity. Yeah. So I'm a rambler and I'm curious. So it's like, oh, look at this. There's a job right here. 
It wasn't even a job before. It's just like a recent job. Um, but, but have you seen Waco? The, the Netflix thing? Dude, I had no idea I knew about the story. I was young when it went, when it went live during the actual time. But watching that, that, again, like, there's a certain type of personality that is attracted to having a leader. And it goes back to, like, what did you experience in your childhood where you needed that? But, again, the guy always fucks all the wives. Fucks them all. Fucks them all. And then convinces the, money. the guy he's helping him. Yeah, I'm not fucking your wife. I'm helping you out, bro. Dude, I'm not fucking your wife. I'm your best friend. I would never fuck your wife. My dick was inside of her, but that's different. Jesus, I wasn't fucking her. Jesus, Jesus was fucking her. He's testing you, and he's strengthening your resolve. Can you can you heal from this? Are you going to be able to find what you need from within? Mm. And then he would sing terrible songs. And then just walk. And then he just disappear through the doorway. Didn't he sing like Green Day? Please don't. I think he did. I think there's a video of him singing Green Day. I D bet we Davidians? could play that on the podcast. Is that what they were called? Davidians. Branch Davidians. Branch Davidians. Waco, Texas. Dude, that yeah. was such a that was so tragic. You the know way that lives, went down. Yeah, Ted Nugent lives near there. Of course he does. He probably helped out. He probably goes and, and <laughs> jizzes near the, the location. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Branch Davidians. What does that even mean? You know, I almost bought his car. What do you mean? His car was for sale. He had a 1968 Camaro, and oh. it was for sale. Oh, and, it's a good uh, year for Camaro. It is a good year. I love Camaros yeah, too. Uh, that, I love from 60s that era. Camaro. And uh, it was for sale online. And uh, I saw it. I was like, oh, I'm fucking buying this. And I picked up my phone, and I went like that, and I looked, and I'm like, do I really want that fucking bad juju in my life? You knew it was his car. Yes, it was 100% his car. <sighs> yeah, certified I mean, that it was his car. I'm like, dude, what, is that bad voodoo? Yeah. It has to be. I mean, if we're talking about there being some sort of right. realm of consciousness and things existing outside of the physical world, there's some bad juju in that, that fucking guy car. That was killed by the feds and they burned his family alive. Alive, in a dude. Compound, and they lied about it. They shot fire out of the fucking we nozzle of the tank. women and children. Yeah. And drove over the walls. Knew the women oh and children God. were inside. Drove over the fucking walls and lit that place on fire and barbecued those people. Well, that was a real... I think a lot's going on there. I think it also was like a breakdown in protocol and well, how to handle a, a yeah. high tense situation i think that's how they've always done it i just think this time it got caught on tape yeah. that's what i think i think if there's ever been some sort Probably of situation right. where people are armed up look at ruby ridge there's a bunch of situations in history where they decided to put their fucking boots on the back of someone's neck because they wanted to let that person know they're they're not going to resist and that's one of the things that people do when they're in a position of power that's why power is so dangerous. It is dangerous. Because every single time people get this sort of ultimate power, it winds up being abusive. You know, it, every well, with, time. The, with, the, with a certain person. And it becomes like the difference between like, you know, somebody who does good for the world and, and community and somebody who does yeah. evil shit. So it's such a hard job to be a leader of, of anything, whether it's a leader of California or a leader of the country or a leader of anything. Like being a leader... Of something like Jesus. Well, every Christ. decision you make is scrutinized, and your whole platform is built off of lobbyists and people who have invested interest. And it's it. How do you make a decision? And how do you commit to your own decision? And have faith in it. Right. Where, you must people... lose yourself. You must have to lose yourself in order to be able to make those decisions. But then, how are you able to make decisions without yourself being connected to it? it well, you, then you it also must have be... to deal with criticism because you have to be able to address people's concerns. So you have to take some criticism in that's probably nonsensical and angry and ridiculous, and then some of it that actually is constructive and makes sense. Who do you think was the president who handled that the best that you've seen in your lifetime that handled Obama? Mm. I think he's the best speaker of all the presidents because 
There's something about Clinton. I didn't like his little fake smile. Yeah, he was smirky. You just knew he blew a load on the dress. But he still was an amazing speaker. He was still an amazing speaker. He was was charismatic. Yeah, and sometimes he would knock it out of the park. But it's just like you know too much about him afterwards to judge him in the most objective way. Isn't it crazy? if If I just looked at his ability to speak versus Obama's ability to speak, they're both pretty amazing. They were definitely both amazing. I think Obama had had a calming factor. Mm-hmm. I feel like when other presidents have, have spoke for just from my I don't really know you know a lot about politics or claim to be an expert but like when Donald speaks or other presidents before Obama it caused like an anxiety there was like a, a tense yeah behavior around it like right. the, the way they spoke was very uh, I don't know stress inducing but Obama was kind of velvety yeah. he had a way of delivering things and it, it, you felt like he was a, a guy you could actually hang out with. Like, I remember seeing him on Bourdain's show. They were in Vietnam eating and drinking beer. And I'm watching this. I'm like, that little motherfucker can just hang out. Yeah. Like, you he know? can walk into any room and, and and make it his room. But he can hang out in a way, like, that. I don't think Trump can hang out. Like, Trump's got to be the center of attention. It's got to be a big deal that Trump's there. It's got to be, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, Trump would have to be, he's not going to hang out with you in some weird fucking restaurant in vietnam no, after no. he's out he's not going to talk do that. about like the flavor notes of the sauce yeah. on the on the pork he's talk not going to be able to ethnic foods and different different cultures that cook in a different way it he, seemed like when when trump when obama spoke he was able he, he felt like he was in the moment and present yeah like he was aware of what he had to deliver but was also aware of his the way he was delivering it. Mm-hmm. Trump seems like he's always someplace else. Yeah, and Obama's, I mean, there's been a lot of, there was a lot of bad policies that were passed during the Obama administration, particularly when it comes to whistleblowers. They were one of the worst on whistleblowers ever. And there's there's also some real erosions of freedom of speech and mm. of of, uh, of surveillance, mm. real erosions of that. A lot of drone attacks, Jesus Christ. There was a lot of drone and a lot of fucking innocent people died during those drone attacks. So it's like there's no president that gets out and just nails it. No, there's it's, no immaculate presidency. It's, it's a dirty job. It's a dirty job. And it's I don't ever know. I don't know if it ever wasn't a dirty job. I mean, look at the 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 nature of what it is. You're ruling over people and a lot of different types of people and, and so many different laws and states. It's a lot to keep under control and then you have to worry about the types of people who are you know on the lower levels of politics and how they're making decisions it's you gotta worry about the type of people that want to be president too like, yeah who the fuck wants that who, job it, who in their right mind why There's obama went in do. a babe and he can't, he's still a babe but settle down it, it he, he is getting a little juicy no not juicy a squirty <laughs> a little squirty teeny a little squirt for obama um that's my new bumper sticker no he clearly he clearly it, it showed took on him you know why? Because I think he read the briefings, and I think he cared, and I think he probably worked some fucking ungodly amount of hours, and I think it probably freaked him out once he got in there and realized how dangerous the world really is. Mm. If you like, that's people have wondered like, why did he not do what he said he was going to do during his campaign? And why did he change a lot of that once he got into office? And one of the th- the thoughts is, well, they say a lot of things because they don't really give a fuck. They just want to get in there. Once they get in there, like, trust me, I'm a good guy. Once I get in there, I'll be fine. But I got to lie to you and say there's all the stuff that I'm going to do that I know I can never do. The other thing that people say is when you get in there, then they change your perspective. And they show you the briefings. They show you all the terrorist activities. They show you all the danger in the world. And you realize, like, oh, my God. And you're responsible for making the right calls to zig and zag and make sure you avoid all the fucking trees on the way down the hill. That's a really – you're probably right. That's a very smart 
a way to look at that. I'm yeah, sure I don't think it, it affected him right down to his core. Yeah, they become a different person. They, they, he's almost like a, you hope was, they do. If they're human, they become a different person. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you you're not who you said you were going to be when you were running for president, and it's I think it's. I, I bet a big factor is the access to information and then the talking to the top intelligence agencies and then the top talking all, all the people that are lifetime in, in White House in, in you know, in Washington. And they can let you know how everything really works. And, and, the, and like, fuck. And then all you're really doing, because it's if you look at the span of, of a lifetime and, and then a, a span of a president being in office, if he gets reelected, there's so many things for you to address that. Yeah. How do you even get to to doing all of the things on your on your daily to-dos. You you end up spending more time yeah. talking about the policies as opposed to actually putting them into play. It's so mm -hmm. hard to check all those boxes. Well, that's the case with, I think, all kinds of government, and that's one of the weird, the reasons why I'm very patient about this whole reopening the government thing. Not that I don't think we should do it eventually, but I look at it like a battleship, and I think I don't think this battleship can make quick turns. I mean, I think it's shut off real quick and you know freaked everybody out and there's been a lot of crazy adjustment but i think the battleship is still turning really slowly mm -hmm. and to get it to a point where you're going to maneuver it into the harbor because you're back to work again like whoo like uh how's that going to look is that just going to be wide open back to work again right and what do we do if the virus flares up again are we going to be able to accept the fact that the data shows that it's not as dangerous or are we going to look at it and say yeah it's not as dangerous but is it not as dangerous because we quarantined everybody right we we, we which is probably that curve. the truth yeah which is probably the truth it's probably not as bad as they thought it could be or would be or we're worried that it would be but maybe Maybe it still needs to be something that we need to stay away from. I don't know. Well, I, I think if it's if it doesn't turn out to be as bad as everyone thought, then we're learning that something worse is going to come, and we need to. We're learning if something if worse something comes. Yeah. yes if and when something worse comes that we need to improve our equipment supplies and our uh, you know our standard mode of. of protocol and, and how we're reacting to these things yeah. on a, on this like in a system level but now we know you know what makes me happy honestly legitimately makes me happy is that most people complied most people shut down their businesses most people stayed the fuck home uh, it's not like people were rebelling. for a while but no but but they still have done it for over a month which is a crazy thing yeah to tell people to not go anywhere and not go to work for a month and most people comply that's pretty fucking amazing this is the first thing i've done in quarantine that was outside of just walking my dogs and maybe going to the grocery store with my man once in a while do you when you guys shop do you stock up Kind of, but yeah. it's hard to stock up when you eat. Like, I eat perishables, so it's hard to stock up on perishables, but for the eat, most part. You gotta eat bullshit food that's yes. preserved. <sighs> and I, that stuff that stuff affects my mood. Rice and beans. Gross. Mac and, and cheese. keep it in big old dumpsters. Mm -mm. Big old garbage cans full of rice and beans. If you had a garbage can full of rice, how many years would it take you to eat that? A long, I mean. If you ate rice every day. Probably a long, long time. How much could you live on rice and butter? If you just had rice and butter, I feel how like that's how kids—that's all kids eat when they're like up until they're like ten years old. <laughs> no, they have hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, they have hot dogs chopped up in there. If you're over twelve and you eat hot dogs with ketchup, fuck off. It's gross. It's supposed to be mustard, you weirdo. Uh, but hot dogs are one. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It should be mustard. It should be mustard. And the bun should be toasted just a little bit. That's not bad. Not a bad little thing. Little toast but on the I'll bun. I'll take sauerkraut every time if it's oh, offered. Some relish. 
I don't like relish. That's Rude. bullshit. That's candy. Rude. You stay on your just, side of the table. I'll stay on mine. Candy. <laughs> It's all sweet and everything. You're fucking up the hot dog. Is that your like junk food? Like, what is your Ooh, ultimate love, junk food? I do love hot dogs. I fucking love hot dogs. I love dog. a New York City, Ooh. what Joey Diaz calls a dirty water hot dog. Yes, dirty water Those dogs. Dirty water That's hot what they dogs. call them there. They snap when you bite into them. I prefer the kosher dogs. Those are the best. If you get like. Aren't they just them. prayed over? Yeah, well, they slaughter them differently. But the, the, the if you have like. Uh, there's a couple of different companies. Yeah. I didn't know they were slaughtered differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing of something being kosher. A, a rabbi has to be there, and it's actually a really bad way for the cow to die. Because he knows. He's like, oh, well, fuck, this guy's throats. here. They hang him upside down oh. and cut their throats. Oh, man. See, I, look, I, I try and live Make my life. Make a tasty life. dog, though. Make a tasty hot dog. It does, it does sound really <laughs> juicy. I try and live my life in a, you know, where I'm being as, as good of a person as I can, but. I, I got it. Burgers are so good. They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. So I'm not a bad person because I like a burger. Do you want some uh, wild elk meat? Will you cook some Fuck elk? yeah. Oh, my okay, God. Cool. My man was like, you got to get some elk meat. All right. I got it for you. Ah! I got it for you. We've, dude, we've done almost three hours and a half. Oh, wow. Hasn't it been? Like three and a half hours? We've covered a What's lot the of topics. What are we at right now? 322. Wow. Dude. Dude. Dude, that blunt dude. really kicked us off. <sighs> I was a little scared at first. I was like, I'm a little too high. I'm going down this hill. I can't stop. <laughs> ah! No, you're you're natural. Well, it's not even an interview. It's a conversation. That's why this podcast is so good. Well, it can only be good if I have friends like you. You're sweet. No, you are. No, I really appreciate that. But I, I appreciate like, you. I really do. You're one of my favorite people. I always love hanging out with you. We nice. have a lot of fun at the store. It's always fun to do these with you. And you're real. That's what I like. You know, I think real recognizes real as cheesy as that is. But are we rappers now? No, we're we're just humans <laughs> expressing our hearts. Real recognizes real. But the one thing I realized in this quarantine, because I've become, I've sat more in the fan seat because I'm not performing as much, so I'm like experiencing it from the other side, and how important your show and your podcast is to the fabric of society. Like your comedians always talk that about this. That is a preposterous thing to say. No, it's not, Joe. It is. It's preposterous. You are important because of the very subject matters that you have on this show well sometimes i can get lucky and get a guy like michael osterholm on and tell people that was the guy that alerted everybody to how bad this was really going to be right yeah uh was he the cdic guy no he's the guy that's an infectious disease expert that wrote this book deadliest enemy oh yeah he was on and everybody went holy shit because everybody's like should we take this seriously is this anything and then uh, he did this podcast, and then like four hours later, I got a call from Dana White. He's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> he goes, that podcast has freaked everybody out. <laughs> SIDRAP, right? Center of Infectious Disease Research um, and Protocol. No, he's from the University right. of... It, yeah, Minnesota, yes. but uh, a couple other things. I heard also, of him. Oh, you're yeah. right. You're right. SIDRAP. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what... You look at you, smarty pants. Well, it's you right know, I'm, I'm like you. I, I like, I like information. It's on he wrote for me. No, but I, like, I, maybe it scares you to hear that or not. You're just fucking around. But like, I, there's... A few, uh, there's a gap in in um, availability with information and like fake news and all that shit. Your show is important because you you have an unbiased approach to who you have on, and it's all it's just a wide spectrum of information, and it's a great place for people to have um, a, a, an area where they can come and learn from things they may not really agree with. Well, here's what I'm really lucky. What I'm really lucky is that there's something that I'm doing that reaches this insane number of people, but also has no one telling me how to do it. Fuck yeah. So there's no one telling me that I can't get this guy on or don't get this author on. Nobody gives a fuck about this book. We've got like, Rob Lowe's coming in or, you know, whoever, they'll, they'll decide who there's your no, There's are. no network dude yes. saying no to Alex Jones. Yes, Because exactly. of what it would do to your fans and your ratings. Yes, exactly. And and also fighters, like what are you going to talk to them about? Like, well, Who are the fighters? Yeah. I mean, what about these authors Believe you've me, had? 
I have on. friends who are doing their podcasts with a professional production group, and they're having these kind of conversations. Fuck that. And they're saying, they're, they're going, dude, I feel like I'm working on a TV show. This is crazy. Like, I'm like, just let me do the thing. And I'll if it, this episode's not so good, I'll do better, and then the next time I'll be better. But let me have on the people that I can, A, get, people that are willing to do it, and then, P, B, I'm actually interested in. That's what's going to create the good content. I That's need to be interested way. in this shit. That's the, the only way... I'm going to be interested in what you're talking about is if you're actually interested in it. If you're talking about some shit, I mean, you could be talking about playing the piano. I don't know jack shit about playing the piano. But if you're really into it and I hear people talk about it, I get fascinated. I when I was listening to this conversation about Go, about playing that game Go and how complex that game is and about oh, this is one of the reasons why that deep blue computer beating Go, beating like a, pre a really top-level world champion Go player is so extraordinary because this is an incredibly creative game that's really complicated and i don't know shit about go but i was riveted well i was just riveted and you exp explaining it. <laughs> my mouth was open i was like whoa i think passion definitely is an alluring yes it's it's a, it's a defining us. factor yeah, for yeah. creativity and that's where you know we got to just take control of what we want to do and just put it out there and fuck fuck censorship and fuck what people think if you're passionate about it then that's all that matters jesse may tell everybody about your show oh it's called sharp tongue podcast and I talk about a lot of shit, it's things I like to listen to and like to talk about, subjects that, that matter to me. Will you consider my offer to do that simulcast while a bong, please do, for Fuck your fans. yes. With a bong, you, Battlefield Earth, and a couch. Absolutely, I will, as long as you get me that elk meat. Jesse May! I repoke you! Thank you, my friend. I love you. Always good. I love you too, always good to see you. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. That was awesome. Oh.